Hey, what's hey. up, everybody? What's up? We got what's two. Up? We got two guests with us. Over to my left, and I'm gonna do this right this time. Hell yeah, <laughs> dude! That was the first time I was able to do it right. You nailed it, man. We got Aaron, who also, AKA Battle. Uh, we call him. He's, he's been on our shows, uh, kicking ass and and uh, dropping in the chat and making it fun for us. Uh, so thank you, dude, for coming on. This is the first time on the show, and that's awesome. Oh, yeah, dude. Thanks for having me and letting me be the geezer of the show. Appreciate it. Oh, boy. (laughs) And then, um, as always, we have Kev back again for these Legion Assembles. So, Kev, what's up, dude? What's up, guys? How are you? Thanks for having me back. Oh, yeah. You know we couldn't have done this one without you. Oh, yeah, man. I'm glad you invited me. Yeah, we we couldn't touch this Batman discussion without inviting, uh, you know, somebody with a Batman tattoo on them. So, yeah, this, this, yeah, obsessed. There's got to be one. Just old man over here, yeah, dude. And uh, yeah, yeah and uh, you guys, I just shouted out Battle Chaser in the chat. Go follow him, um, he does incredible artwork. Uh, he's licensed to do Marvel stuff for um, and he's worked with Tops and all in DC and a bunch of other brands. So you, you may you may be the geezer, dude, but you're the, absolutely the most talented. So Fuck yeah, Sean! You're like selling me up. You're you're giving me false advertising. I'm, hey, what's I'm up? Lit- you know? uh, it's all it's Upper Deck and uh, Marvel and Warner's. But now that you said Tops in DC, I'm about to call them up and be like, "Look, he said it, so you got to you got to make it true." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, actually, it's not. But uh, but thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, hey, I'm just just keeping it real Bro. over here. Yeah, I don't want him to be looking at me like. Hey, you said you worked. Sean, he said that. Yeah, that's yeah. Half of the show is just lying on the internet, so we're good. It's cool. Yeah, I'll keep it. Uh, uh, Mel says, "Did I dye my hair? I didn't dye my hair. Does it look like I did? Does it look different? Maybe just the light hitting it. I'm not sitting in the dark like normal. I was gonna ask you that too. It's so funny. Really, it's that daylight. That daylight savings. That's what it is, right? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Did you guys see that the, they passed a bill yesterday in the Senate um, to permanently make daylight savings time like a thing, so it ne- we never have to set our clocks back again? Yep. Yep. Oh. Oh, yay! Great. Wait, is that for real? Yeah. Yeah, that's for real. So the president just has to sign it into effect, but it got a unanimous vote on the Senate. So uh, pretty close. I'm glad that's what we're talking about. They're like, forget the gas prices and all this other crazy mm-hmm. shit, inflation, this clock thing. We gotta fix this clock thing. <laughs> one one thing we yeah. can all agree on is fuck fuck daylight savings. Fuck the clock. <laughs> yeah. Give me a high five. Let's let's get out of here for lunch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, guys, the time has come. We we are here now, and um, you know we've hyped this up for a very very long time. Um. Kevin and I have been talking about this movie for years and years and years, and we finally saw it. It's out. I'm sure most people who are watching have seen it. If you haven't, go watch it after this. Uh, but just know that we're going to be talking about yeah, a lot of shit. And spoiler uh, warning for everybody who hasn't oh, yeah. watched it and everybody who's here. So just a Big heads up. spoiler warning. Yeah. yeah. So no we are here forward. to talk about the new Superman movie. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Starring Nick Cage, right? Exactly. Yeah, starring Nick Cage. Uh, like Con Air era Nick Cage with the long hair. <laughs> long hair and the goatee. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about Batman. Batman is out now. And um, we've uh, just... So, but nobody's keeping score, but I mean, I've seen it three times already. I'm <laughs> uh, just saying. 
Uh, Kev, you've seen it twice. You're second up on the leaderboard. Yeah, we're we're rounding uh, out the bottom. Right. I I know. Tied for, for tied for one. Right. Yeah. And and with me seeing it like in my my l- totally legal home theater. Yeah. I I don't mm-hmm. even count that. That's probably like half a watch. So. <laughs> I saw probably yeah. half the screen. <laughs> Sean had a very special screening that yeah. uh, it was a very exclusive event yep. that only Warner himself was invited to. Yeah. Warner Brothers sent you that copy. They right? actually they yeah. sent it to Casey Affleck because Ben Affleck refused it. So I got it from Casey and then yeah. He said it's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just don't, yeah. Um but uh, without without yeah. further ado, I did I prepped a few little graphics and a few little special things, so I love when you do this, dude. And he there always surprises go. me. I never see the shit beforehand. If you bring back that Christian Bale one, it's bad. The one with the crazy the, face. The meat, yeah. the Batman. No, I left him. I left him in the uh, in the closet right now. So, cool. well, there <laughs> We're it is. We're not gonna let him out. It's Batman time. So, there's a lot to go over, guys. There's going to be a shit ton of stuff. This movie is three hours long, and there's quite they packed a huge fucking story into three hours. So we'll try and get to everything that we can. Uh, we'll hit the big stuff, and um, whatever we don't get into, oh well. So here we go. <laughs> we'll start off. Yeah. Um, for, uh, before we get started, though, we'll say that you know the hype surrounding this was like the highest I've ever seen for any movie coming out ever. Um, and I feel like even more so than, I mean, at least to me for Avengers Endgame, I know that that was like huge and the hype was real for that because there was so many years of it being built up, but this was hype for a whole, totally different reason. Um, and we'll see if it lived up to the hype at, by the time we're done with the reveal, I'll ask you guys again, if you felt it lived up to it and we'll kind of, we'll wrap things up there, but to get started, uh, intro to the movie. I think the first thing that comes off to the bat for me is just, a um, comes off to the bat. <laughs> Jesus. I'm already starting with puns. Um, the tone is what striked me right away. The, you, as soon as they flash the title card, the Batman, the music that starts playing, it's the, um, it's that, what's that, the cathedral song? I forget, the Santa Maria, I think, is it uh, Santa Maria? No, it's oh, not Santa Maria. Ave Maria. Ave Maria. Yeah. 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 Um, and so like, you're like, oh, that's an interesting choice for a song as soon as it comes on. And then we just immediately get put into this voyeuristic view of, um, of Paul Dano's Riddler. Uh, looking at the mayor and kind of watching him, and he's got this heavy breathing, like like Michael Myers, very very horror esque. Um, and you could just tell right off the bat that like, like whoa, this is a totally different movie than any of the other Batman's that have started off before. Yeah, one hundred thoughts. <laughs> and everyone else go. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, uh, totally picked up just the the weird voyeuristic. Uh, start to the film was just i thought that was insane that it was just like right off the bat you know it's throwing us in this like creepy creepy setting and view um just all of the trailers and everything else really had this dark feeling but this this was a really nice refreshing way to start the tone um and it was you know super creepy it was shots directly out of like jason or, or out of those horror movies um including you know it it, I think we start off in, in uh, the Riddler's mask, right? Behind his face. <laughs> and then so yeah. it, it reveals him right away with the flash of the TV. And, um, you know, we, we have our first murder within like a minute or so. Um, so I thought that was 
super refreshing and just a nice way to set this dark, dark movie going. Yeah, man, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I know before the film came out, um, I think, I don't know if it was Matt Reeves that had said it or, or there was a few early reviews that, that were um, referencing horror movies or, or that it was horror-esque. And uh, I, I remember seeing and hearing that and wondering, you know, how, how are they going to make it? You know, how is it going to be horror-esque? Um, and I think not only with the villain, I think, I think the villain sometimes, it's, it, it, depending upon who the villain is, it can be easier to do that. But I think they also used it uh, for, for Batman as well um, with the way that he would, you know, come out of the shadows or... Or, you know, the criminals in Gotham would just look to the shadows and just wait for him to come out, even if he really wasn't there. Um, so I'm sure we'll get to that as well. But, yeah, that that, uh, that beginning of the movie, um, I loved how they started off with the villain first. And that scene where the mayor is watching television and walks away, and it's just the TV that's lighting up, the Riddler in the other room. Um, just really, it just to me, it just... I, I almost forgot that I was watching a Batman film mm-hmm. in a way, um, but really captivating intro to the film. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally agree with what you guys are saying. And it was kind of a little, uh, not, not even totally clear at first uh, that you were getting that point of view. Like, is this the Riddler or is this the Batman? Because it was so dark. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I mean, you've seen before in a Batman movie, but usually when they reveal that you see the horns and the eyes and all that. And this time it was just like very silhouette of the Riddler. And um, yeah, definitely had that horror movie vibe of like, oh shit, what's going to happen next? Right. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Aaron. Like, um, because you know right off the bat you can't right off the bat you can't tell um like if it's the riddler or batman and that that was like a theme throughout this thing it was like you know they're so close but they're somehow one's in jail one's a bad guy and then the other guy's like you know this billionaire like uh saving saving crime or fighting crime and shit not saving crime uh, <laughs> Yeah. Saving, yeah, yeah, saving, you know, crime. so that that parallel, <laughs> that fine line that they walk the entire movie, like they start out with it, like you don't know what the hell you're looking at. So, yeah, it could have easily yeah. been either one of them. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing I was going to bring it up later, but we kind of were touching on it now. But it's just, uh, Sean, you mentioned it, the parallels between Batman and Riddler and how they're not, you're not. It's the line between them is not. It's so fine that you can't. You can go one way or the other, and it shows because uh, in the beginning with him being in, looking through the binoculars, um, and then Bruce does the exact same thing later to Selena at her apartment, and so like it's just showing the parallels between yeah. them, and like that's really cool. The only thing that differentiates them is you hear like the <laughs> from uh, <laughs> from Paul Daniel breathing uh, behind that suffocating mask with the plastic on. Yeah, if if he just if he just cut that part out, you know, he would have been Batman, dude. He would have been all good. Through though, I mean, poor guy could like barely breathe. He's probably just like a puddle of sweat underneath that. It was it was his idea, and he wanted to keep doing it. And that was like, dude, are you sure you don't have to do this? And he's like, no, I don't want to do it. No, this is insane, dude. You really don't have to wear this. He's like, I'm gonna do it. (laughs) No. I'm a method actor. Oh, you're white. You're ghostly white. (laughs) Method actor. He's already fanned out. 
17 times on set. I think we should rethink this. He's like, just roll the cameras. Did did you? But it worked. Did right? you guys hear about that shit? That he was uh, he was dedicated to wrap himself in saran wrap for the crime scene scenes. Because yeah. he was, yeah, dude. No, yeah. He, he was thinking like, yeah. this is how this guy wouldn't leave any DNA, and so he actually did it once or twice, and then he almost did like pass out. You're like his body couldn't breathe, and so he's like, okay, this this is the bad decision. <laughs> uh, he was said he was he couldn't sleep. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he, he's like it said it because it made his brain feel weird. I guess from the lack of oxygen <laughs> yeah, filming exactly. all day. <laughs> yeah, it was just that's Dead fucked up. <laughs> it worked. It, it worked out though. So <laughs> it really did. And just like super oh, quick, I, I even wanted to touch on like I totally was not expecting that murder to happen. Like, yeah, as brutal as it was, it was like blam, and like he's out of it, and there's blood, and like I don't really think there's been that much blood in a Batman. Nope. Before. And they just hit it no. in the first minute, dude. First guy's gone, dude. Beating somebody to death with a carpet tucker is fucking brutal man right. <laughs> it's crazy and just the way that it plays out too because like his kid finds him and so that's really fucked up that's super traumatizing yeah um so that's that's just crazy right um and so again but that's just the tone that we start off on it's like here we go we're starting the movie this way and we're gonna run with it and it's this is how we're gonna make it look dark and this is how we're gonna give you that horror theme and um Immediately after that, we jump into, you know, Batman starts reading from his journal in a very noir type feeling. And he's just, he's given his thoughts about how he's been doing this for two years and doesn't think he's made a difference. Um, and it, that's, this is where we get to see Gotham come into play too. And that's a whole other thing that is what I wanted to jump into is just like the tone that we get from this Gotham and how it's more, it's more, it's like Gotham is its own character in this movie, which we didn't really get in other movies. Uh, compared to the Christopher Nolan ones, where it's just like, oh, this is this is just this is Chicago. Yeah, like it's just a city. But this can happen in any city, and it looks like every other city. But this had a very distinct feel to it, and it was really disgusting and and dirty and grimy, and, and it it actually felt like a like Gotham um, on screen. Yeah, it was uh, it was really more living and breathing. I think the closest thing to getting Gotham as a as its own character was uh, actually Tim Burton. Um, I think mm-hmm. that Gotham was close, but it, it didn't feel alive. It just felt like pretty to look at. And then that whole thing, you know, Gotham became this like neon flamboyant, like, you know, graffiti in, in like neon things everywhere. Um, so <laughs> it, it didn't never felt alive, but it felt like another character. But this one truly felt like a living, breathing, like part of the story. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you brought up um, Tim Burton because that, that's the the last time that I I think um, a director treated Gotham like like another character, uh, and I I love the way this Gotham looked because um, Marcus like like you said and I I know that we had talked about before um, I mean I definitely think setting Gotham in an actual city instead of a, a sound stage uh, is very impactful, mm-hmm. um, but you know when when you're in you know, a city like Chicago or New York, and you see certain landmarks that that can kind of take you out of it a little bit. Not not to say that it did in any of Nolan's films, um, but I think the way that Matt Reeves, um, you know, filmed scenes in Europe and then did you know great CGI work to kind of add in skyscrapers and kind of mix cities together, it felt like an actual city, even though it, it was almost like he built it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I can't. 
even even Tim Burton's, I don't think it even touches what Matt Reeves did because I feel as if this Gotham, I honestly felt like this this Gotham was uh, disgusting. I mean, in so many ways. Yes. And I actually felt like this Gotham needed someone like a Batman. Like, to me, this is the first time that I felt like the police, even, you know, as corrupt as they are, like, they, they weren't enough to, to save this city. You needed somebody who would go above the law, so to speak, a vigilante to actually bring the city back to where maybe it used to be. But this, this city just felt gross to me in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, one, but yeah. 100%. Yeah, definitely. And, um, like Marcus said, it's totally grimy and nasty, and uh, you've definitely got that feel of it being a, a real place and like somewhere you probably wouldn't want to go out at night, right? Like I love the way they played up the shadow of like all the dark areas of the movie and that voiceover where Batman is talking about like when the bat signal is shining and everyone's afraid and they're all looking in the dark, like holy shit, is he in there? Um, mm-hmm. And like I thought that was super effective. Yeah, dude, that is uh, honestly, man, I, I I would go on record as saying that's probably the best intro for Batman ever on screen, like him talking about how what he's been trying to do um, and how the criminals are afraid and how he can't be everywhere at once. But once the signal gets on, it's an extension of himself. And like like you mentioned, Aaron, um, there's, it, he foils two crimes um, in that beginning sequence without even fucking being there. Uh, the the guy that tried to rob the store with the the uh, the mask on that, that the drop in I don't know, that like ghostly mask yeah he looked like a like a semen <laughs> um uh he he you know he's running out and then he sees he sees sorry, sorry I'm looking at Kevin laughing um, yeah just a singular um what I looked like when I was young um, when we were all young <laughs> when he uh so the guy runs across the street right and then he sees he looks in the alleyway and it's like it's darker than dark. It's not just nighttime. It's like a pitch black dark in the alleyway. And then you could just see it. Like he starts to feel panicked. He's like, Oh shit, is Batman going to come out and kick my ass? Uh, and then runs away and gets hit by the car. And then, uh, what was the other one of the guys that are just spray painting? Um, I think it was like city hall or something, but spray painting and and vandalizing it. And then they look up and they see the, the signal and they start to run away and looking in the shadows and not sure if he's there. Um, but then he actually comes out of the shadows um, the third time when the those that gang um, who had the the face paint on and they were trying to uh, what was it initiate the the new guy who funny enough plays uh, uh, Tim Drake and Titans um, he didn't want to do it but when he comes out the third time it does make it impactful because it just shows it's like dude I we don't know where he is he can be anywhere and then they have to think twice about if they're gonna commit crimes or not and then he just you know you never know if you're gonna be the unlucky person that gets Batman to come out. Um, and when he actually does come out, and I'll let somebody else take it from here, but when he does come out, fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> the, you don't even, you don't see him. You just hear the footsteps very, very slowly. And the yeah. in, in watching it in theaters, that shit was loud. Like you could feel the footsteps in your chest as he's coming out and you can't quite see him yet. Um, that was just so, so, so cool. Loved it. Loved it. That was, uh, I was so happy uh, that Matt Reeves decided to, to showcase Batman in this way of this like looming figure, um, you know, and, and and the whole fact of 
you know, because it, it's so funny. I, I would honestly, because, you know, I don't have anything better to do. I would honestly think to myself, like, how does one guy, like, watch over this entire city? There's got to be shit happening all over the place. He can't be everywhere at once. And the fact that he actually had Bruce say, I, you know, I am just a regular guy doing this. And I can't be everywhere at once. I'm like, fuck you. But the yeah. fact that he he was he was making you know a mark on Gotham to the point where the criminals were were afraid and and they didn't know and and they didn't want to stay long enough to find out you know that he was he was making an impact um i think I, it was just such a such an awesome idea um to do that i'm just i don't know i don't want to repeat what you said but i just i i have to acknowledge that i thought that was such an awesome thing for for reefs to do yeah, yeah, and I, so I was super worried about that. I was like, okay, so they're they're literally trying to tell the crowd ahead of time, you know, this is a year two Batman. He's still fresh, still figuring shit out, um, you know, and so how are they going to set the tone, go from this perfect Bruce Wayne that they've been, you know, shoving down, like shoving at audiences for like 20 years, 30 years, whatever. We've always seen him prim and proper and perfect. How are they going to you know, set us up and, and make us realize that this dude is not there yet. And so like they, they honestly, they took it on like the best way possible, which is just to, again, to tell us straight up, like have him tell uh, the whole audience and, and everybody watching the movie just straight up, you know, like I can't cover everything. Like this is year two. Like they, you know what I mean? Like they're, they were just short of like actually putting it on the screen having a star Wars scroll of like setting up like the tone. So like his voiceover was perfect. You got to hear, you know, hear the Batman voice. And then he's literally just fucking telling you like, I don't, I don't know fully hundred percent what I'm doing or the impact I have and like all this shit. So it was, it was nice and refreshing to, for them to hit it head on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I really love how they made him like a ground level hero this time around like he's not there's very like this intro starts it off like you said with the footsteps walking in and like it it takes a long time for those footsteps to start (laughs) before he's on the screen right oh yeah um and like he just walks in like yeah batman like i'm I'm here to kick your ass um (laughs) and they kind of keep that going through the whole movie um just to like and I, that, I think that's like a new portrayal, at least on screen for mm-hmm. Batman. Like he's not swinging around and flying around or like all the stuff that we've seen in the last like 15, 20 years of Batman movies. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't make, he didn't make a, a like a flamboyant or like a very big entrance. It is not flying in right. or anything like that. It was just, it was a very deliberate, slow marching pace as he's coming out. And then they're even telling me like, you know, who, the hell are you supposed to be and he just doesn't answer he just keeps walking in the same exact way and it's just so like the cadence that he walked with was just really almost like he was like a demon or like a whore like that again adding in that horror element yeah Yeah. just michael myers that because michael myers never runs he just is just always walking and i kept thinking that the whole movie like the the parallels between michael myers and him it just seemed like yeah, like this. If you were a fucking somebody trying to commit a crime and you see that coming at you, you're gonna think twice. You know, it's not just a guy in a rubber suit with nipples. Uh, it's like actually, you are. This is the first time I saw Batman, I was like, oh, 
That's why criminals are afraid of him. But yeah. And yeah. like, you know, you could see it. And that was, I don't think I've ever felt that way watching a Batman movie. It's always like, oh, Batman's so cool. It's like this hero and he's got all this cool shit, but like you never feel the fear. And they really tried to do the fear thing in the Christopher Nolan movies, but I never felt, I never quite got, it got close, but like I wasn't afraid of his Batman either. And this one, you just were super afraid of him. I think the side is like the silence spoke volumes in a way. And the way that Pattinson acted with his eyes and wouldn't say much dialogue at all, like was, that was impactful too, I think. And I think this is like the first time that uh, they didn't play a joke. Uh, Like they didn't have the bad guys crack a joke about how he looks, right? Like, oh, Mm -hmm. who's this clown or what the hell are you dressed up as or something stupid <laughs> like that, right? Because yeah. every single Batman, or at least like the first ones, they always have to say something funny. Yeah, yeah. so I was I was watching out for that too, um, just because of how cheesy Batman's been, you know, since the beginning, like on screens. And like the only hint of it is in one of the, uh, um, you know, later on in the movie, well, I'm sure we'll get into this, but uh, when the Riddler's live streaming, somebody makes a comment about about Batman, and that's like that's the only joke. And I'm like, okay, like that's fine, like I'm good with that. Yeah. But um, yeah, this first scene was actually the first time where you feel fucking like terrified, like you you understand why criminals are terrified. And I I think it was the just the slow cadence and like the almost like you know serial killer like feeling to him, but then the brutality once he did start to fight. Like, you know, um, I think, I think Aaron, you were talking, Aaron or Kev, you were talking about the first murder where it's like, you know, just straight up, um, we saw the Riddler beat the shit out of somebody, you know, with a a carpet tucker and then like just how brutal that was. And then seeing Batman just as brutal, just like against the bad guys, I'm like, holy shit, we've never seen Batman like close to killing people, but for sure, like people died in this movie 100%. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. from, from internal injuries later on at the hospital yeah probably <laughs> he didn't outright kill them like it's like yeah it's easier to just kill them because they're out of their misery but like if you're sitting in the hospital on life support then like that, I feel like that's even more of a punishment you know yeah, absolutely like, it's, that sucks uh, so don't commit crimes everybody uh, Batman may cool. kill you yeah, yeah. Um, I also want to draw again the parallels because there's so many of them throughout the movie. But um, him and the Riddler, their introduction, they both come out of the shadows. Yep. So just one thing to to remember and think about, which is like you don't you only start to see this shit when you see it so many times in the theaters. You like start to pick up on these little things, but like yeah, yeah, bright. That was something I thought about. I was like, damn, dude, like there's no way that that's accidental. Like you know, Matt Reeves like thought about that very deliberately, and like that was that was very cool. Yeah. I, I like the humble brag about seeing it three times already. You like yeah. that? Was, I have a bunch of subtle. them. So, he's <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a whole list of humble brags that I'm, I'm going to get to later on. So just he's like, just sit yeah. tight. So Ken, oh, yeah. show his uh, Batman tattoo, and he's yeah. got you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Don't make me. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to point out that at the end of that scene, after he's kicked kicked all the ass that he can kick um the guy that he was saving was terrified of him and actually like was like begging with him like please don't hurt me yeah because he doesn't he doesn't know what to think of him yet he doesn't know that because i mean clear batman hasn't given them a reason to think that he's there to save them he just 
this terrifying looking dude who was just really punishing it. And like, so it's just, it was cool to see like in the beginning of the movie and, you know, we'll wrap it up like at the end, but the parallel that, um, well, not parallel, but like his journey that he goes on in the beginning. Yeah. He's just like literally the embodiment of, of vengeance and the, to, enough to where an innocent person doesn't even know if they should be afraid that he's going to hurt them or not. Yeah. And so that, that was pretty and, cool. And, and Batman doesn't say anything to that guy. I'm sorry. No, no, no you're right. good. Yeah. Um, he doesn't say anything to him. And then the other nice detail I was going to bring up was that he's so fresh on the streets. Nobody even calls him Batman. Like, He's referred yeah. to as like, or he he calls himself, you know, I'm vengeance, I'm whatever, and then like other people just don't refer to him to, as anything. Like, oh, it's that guy, or you know what I mean? Like, nobody calls him Batman throughout most of the movie. That's a really good point. I think because even the penguin in, in one part uh, that before the fantastic car chasing, um, penguin refers to him as vengeance as well. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, and Marcus. You've seen it three times. Um, if uh, <laughs> the, um, the only person that refers to Batman as Batman is the Riddler, right? I mean, yeah. on the cards, like even Gordon doesn't refer to him as Batman. Yeah. Right? No, he calls him man <laughs> the whole time. I say I, I love that. I love that he calls him man. No, it's but yeah, no, you're right. Um, and then I think the only other time is when he refers to himself when he says that uh, the Batman's coming to an end. Like that's the only other time I think you hear it. That's right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's super interesting that they uh, they went that way with it. Um, okay, going to the next thing. Unless you guys have anything else about any of that the stuff in the beginning, it was just the beginning was a lot because it's just like here we're introducing these two huge people to the story, and so there was a lot to go over there. Um. One thing I want to bring up is uh, in that the next, it's actually it's so funny. It's like the next scene because it's a three hour movie, right? So you're like, here, there's a lot of the shit that we can go over. But like, the I want to say it's like the first 30 minutes of the movie. It's like there's so much awesome shit that happens in the first 30 minutes. Because like immediately after that is, you know, Gordon calls him to go help him at the crime scene of the mayor. And we get to see him use these fucking awesome detective mode contacts that they've never done in any of the other movies. And it actually seems like it could be like a viable piece of technology that is real that, you know, people, I'm sure that we have something like that. Um, you know, and then we get to see him do that. And it just reminds me back to the Arkham games and Sean, I think that I'm, you probably use them at, by this point. I don't know how much you played the game, but yeah. um, having those contacts is like such a cool way to go back to the, you know, the Batcave and do your research and you can take your time and kind of just look over the entire crime scene and, um, it also IDs people, which is really fucking cool, right? Like, it's, as soon as he just looks at him for long enough, it just shows their name and their title of what they do. And so just using that, um, leaning into the detective aspect of, of of Batman was the next goal that Matt Reeves had. And, like, it just plays out in that scene 100%. It's just full-on detective. And I, I, I was so fucking sick. Yeah, just real quick... Uh... I think that's one of the only high-end gadgets that we see him use too. Um, you know, cause that, that was another thing I was like coming into this movie with this thought was like, okay, so if he's year two, you know, does who's making his shit, is he making it? Um, does he have Wayne enterprise, you know, cause I, I never read like the year two stories or comics or anything. Um, so I was just, I was curious as how they were going to do that. And like, 
you know, watching it, I think this is one of the only high tech things that I don't see him like building himself and I don't see like Alfred or anybody else like helping him with it. But, um, you know, in my brain, I kind of justified it as like, he seems, he seems at the point in his career where he's sketchy enough, where if he sees something from a crime scene and he's like, Oh, you know, those I could hell use, he'll fucking yoink it and like not tell the cops and shit. So I'm like, I'm like, you know, if he, if he saw like a criminal using that or somebody, you know, using it at a crime scene for sure, you know, he's going to swipe it and steal it. So. Yeah. Um, I was Matt Reeves promised us a detective noir story, uh, on top of so many other things. And I like, we literally got everything that he told us we were going to get. Um, I mean, even, even down to, the Bruce Wayne that is not the Bruce Wayne that, that everybody knows. Um, I mean, majority of people know they're familiar with that, that, that separate persona, you know, the, 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 the fake playboy billionaire, um, you know, that is actually the mask and Batman is a true person. And this Bruce and Batman, I think were one in the same, you know, he, he only felt like himself when he actually had the cowl and everything on. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the detective side, uh, yeah, we've ne- like, I literally, I, I felt as if it was, wa- I was watching like an Arkham game and I don't know if everybody on, on here has, has played those games before, but, um, Marcus, like you mentioned when the contacts identify people, like it literally, it, it, it felt like that. And it's like, wow, like, why have we never, why have we never like honed in on this before? Um, but whatever. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad we did now because it was, uh, uh, it was it was awesome to see Batman go through a crime scene like that and really showcase how intelligent he really is. I mean, even looking at the uh, like the blood spatter on the floor from the carpet tucker, and then you know someone who was working with the police who was taking photographs noticed that he looked at it and realized, oh shit, I should probably take a picture of that as well. Mm-hmm. And, but him not acknowledging anything and saying much to anybody yeah. and just kind of observing everything. He said so, nothing. <laughs> Yeah, he, I don't. Did he even talk? Well, except for I think when they realized that the thumb was severed, um, and I think uh, he he had not, he had said something along the lines of that he was ectomosis. Yeah, whatever that guy means. Um, uh, when the thumb gets cut off and you start to get like the plaza plasma around it or around the, where the wound is. Exactly. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it was cut off when he was still alive, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. That's right. There you um, go. Yeah. yeah, Kev, that, that exact moment that you're talking about where he noticed the the blood stain from the carpet tucker, like I love that. And the whole the whole vibe with the detective stuff. Um it is something that we haven't seen in a Batman movie before. And uh so I had no idea what to go what to expect going into this movie. I knew it was a Batman movie, but I've completely avoided all the hype and all the spoiler side. Like whatever Matt Reeves was planning, like I didn't know anything. So it was this was such a great uh separation from all the other movies that we've seen before it was like it made my day to see that this is what they were finally leaning into and like when we i think about other movies that are that's similar to like the biggest one that comes to mind for me and like this scene and all the crime scene uh scenes later in the movie remind me of seven and like someone else i've heard that comparison from someone Mm -hmm. else and it's like this is almost like a seven light uh just barely not as gruesome as seven right yeah um Mm -hmm. uh because it's still batman but um just to see like that's the angle that they played up for him um 
and again really leading into like showing how smart he is and like how he's usually a step ahead of the police um and really is working together with gordon uh to like solve these crimes uh, which i thought was a really interesting relationship to play to and how they didn't like really fill in the backstory of like how did these two get involved with each other um they were almost like partners um even though you know we don't really get a sense of how that came to be Mm -hmm. dude yeah that oh go ahead kev you're you're the guest so you you go first no i was just gonna say i i love that like there there was so many aspects of um i i felt like i I didn't, I didn't really need an explanation. I just, I just bought into it. I mean, and of course, you know, I think it, you know, being a Batman fan. And I, I think even if, if, you know, you're not a hardcore Batman fan, you're familiar enough with the story and his relationships, I would think with certain characters where I didn't even know if you needed any of that. Like literally we just, we, we jumped in, we're here too. And it's just like, oh, okay, he's, you know, acquainted with the police and him and Gordon are, just starting to develop like their relationship and stuff like that. And um, I, th- I don't know. I thought it was great where, you know, Matt Reeves realized that the audience, they're smart. They, they can fill in the gaps. I don't need to go through the whole crime alley. And we look at the pearls fall again on the ground and, you know, the Waynes are murdered. Like they, they know that kind of stuff, you know, they can fill that in. So I don't know. I, I appreciated that. Dude. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> that it, it's and Spider Man. Marvel did the same thing with Spider Man. Like the, when the reboots with Tom Holland, like they didn't have to yeah. do his backstory again. They just jumped into a Spider Man story, and like everybody believed it, and that was that was great. Nobody even questioned it. Nobody asked. Nobody. There's not one person that said, "Hey, man, I really wish that we got to see Uncle Ben die again." <laughs> you know, yeah. like for the millionth fucking time. Uh, so it's 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 nice that that happened, and, and it was the same thing for this. Like we just jump in, like you said, Kev, and I bought it right away. Didn't didn't have any questions. It's just like cool. These guys seem like partners almost, and um, mm-hmm. I love that. Like, I always wonder though, like, dude, like, because nobody trusts him yet, and how the hell does he get people to be okay with like letting him on crime scenes and stuff? Everybody just kind of watches him walk by. The only thing, the only person that says something uh, was the that cop Martinez, which I love the guy that played him. I actually oh, like that cop. That's uh, great. I think he's going to be a big player in the next movies coming up because he just seemed like the guy that was on their side. Um, even though at first he didn't, because he's like he's the one that's trying to stop him from coming yeah. in. And then like later on in the movie too, they have that interaction, Kev, that you and I love. We, we laughed at it a whole bunch. Uh, but like ultimately, he does seem like a good, like an actually good cop, you know, uh, which is hard to say because that whole department is fucking corrupt. And uh, but he seemed like one of the good ones. But yeah, I love the relationship. And I guess we can just go into that as just Batman and Gordon's relationship, um, how they do seem like partners and how uh, they the only people they trust are each other. And that's that's really cool. Um, and, and just like it, they almost seem like they have some connection, like a friendship that's not really a friendship because he didn't he doesn't know who he is. But uh, it's like I can trust this guy and I know this guy trusts me. And they just have this really, really great uh, partnership together. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was really well done just how it's um you can tell their relationship is there but it's still fresh. Um you know all over the place they they were they wrote it so beautifully that like you can tell like he trusts him, you know, because of some history but there's not that much history because he still doesn't 
know all these things and like the rest of the force isn't used to it they're they're sketched out um so it was it was just you know nice to see and like um you know it just really sold the whole idea that this is like a new this is a new thing for everybody like <laughs> yeah um i marcus you were mentioning you know letting him on on crime scenes and stuff like that and and yeah it, it is kind of curious I, all i can think of is that i mean as corrupt as the you know as the gcpd is um they must just respect gordon mm-hmm. that much to where somehow they trust him enough to to bring some guy in a in a bat suit on <laughs> I know when you say it out loud, you're like, this shit is insane. Like, there's no way this would happen. But like, but we, I don't know, I freaking, I love it. I don't know what it is. Um, But yeah, I don't know. That, that's, that's all I could, that's all I could think of. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing because yeah, they just let him walk up in there and that Martinez guy is the only guy who says something. Uh, and like, I, I don't want to, I mean, we'll get into it later, but even like the commissioner like takes Jim's word for Batman later on. Right. Like he's like, okay, like you're tying your cart to this bat horse. Right. Like, uh, (laughs) yeah, if it goes bad, it's on you. Uh, but like, yeah, it's still like, they still let him go through with instead of just being like, F you Gordon, like you're stupid. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, yeah, dude. (laughs) And it's, it's not just like letting on, like, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you've seen the show Psych or seen, like, you know, the Sherlock Holmes, uh, any of those shows where it's like they let those guys on the crime scene and those guys are talking to everybody and figuring things out with everybody. It's like you're letting this fucking creep who doesn't say shit, like, dressed <laughs> head to toe in all black. You're just letting him on crime scenes. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't, like, try to explain anything he just is dead silent and just like he's got that he's got that michael myers walk too um and i it's one of the things i noticed when he's walking down the hallway after martinez like lets him pass he just walks so slow and he just moves so slow throughout the crime scene and it's like it's weird it's almost like he's gliding like in a very slow way um it just seems like a, a, a something bigger than just a person which is pretty cool um that like it seemed like supernatural almost or um and it, it was just, it was just, it was dope as fuck, for sure. Which makes sense. I mean, when I when I think about when I had asked you guys if um that scene where he fights the gang in the subway, and then there's that civilian who begs him not to hurt him, and he doesn't say anything to him. I, I feel as if this Batman, you know, obviously just being in year two, he wants everybody to fear him. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. when when you think about it, I mean, gosh, the, the 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 psychological study you could do on Bruce Wayne is like unreal. Um, and the fact that we're he's still this, he he's just. I, I mean, all I think I've said before in one of our streams when the movie was being promoted, there was there was so much red in everything. I mean, even shit in the logo and stuff. Um, and and I I believe that this is a Bruce Wayne that that's all he sees is 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 red. And and there there's got to be some sort of you know satisfaction of having everyone fear him, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and by you know entering that crime scene and having Martinez stop him and him just glaring at Martinez, and I think deep down Martinez thought this guy could beat the shit out of me. 
You know, but just the fact that he's not talking and he's wearing this fucking crazy outfit. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, no, I just, yeah, like, it's ridiculous. He's getting off on like people like fearing who he is, and and this is he's like this is exactly what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um. You know, and, until it's just I, again, I don't think we we've, we've seen a Batman this this dark and intense before. Um. Uh, and- and bear in mind that he, you know, he he can't trust anybody from the police force. So I'm sure he treats them all as like, oh, you're corrupt. The oh, literally the only person I'm here with is Gordon, and that's the only yeah. person I talk to. I don't talk to anybody else. I only talk to him. And I like, like that. that's the thing, right? It's like, yeah, he he doesn't say anything to anybody. He doesn't have to. Um, yeah. But it adds like this cool mystique, uh, like aura that just goes around uh, whenever he's in the room. That's like. It, it it jumps off screen. I, I love that. Yeah, and that's that's always been his like biggest like weapon is just terrifying the shit out of everybody. But like you said, Kev, like we've never seen it on screen. Like we've always been told like everybody fears him, but like to actually see it is something else. It was it was nice. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, and like the only time that maybe comes down for a second is when he's walking out and he sees. The guy's kid. Dude, yes. and real real mm-hmm. quick, how was it? How nice was it to see a kid in a Batman movie and it's not a young Bruce Wayne? Like I feel like Yeah, yeah. right. Oh my We've god. We've gotten that in almost every Batman movie. Like, oh, it's a yeah. young kid with his parents. Oh, his parents aren't there. Oh, that's Bruce Wayne. It's like I thought that like at that very first scene where like Riddler's watching them through the Windows. I thought it was going to be young Bruce Wayne. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go again. <laughs> Dude, it's funny. Um, I was sitting in the, in the theater and I was thinking about this because I saw it with my girlfriend recently. And um, we thought that, I mean, it, I was thinking this, right, as it was happening. But in that first scene, you see the, the mayor get stabbed by his son, who's like a ninja costume. And I was like, Dude, it kind of looks like he's actually getting fucked up. I thought it was like, it could be perceived as Batman watching a crime happening in real time. And like by this ninja assassin, but it's just his son. And then you know, then you start to put it together. Oh, it's Halloween. That's right. Um, but it's just it's it's so funny. You know, it, it did look like that. It's like it's funny. Um, I, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Kev. No, I I did. I I I love that scene. I I loved how um, just you know Bruce looking at a child who just lost his his father. Um, really like grounded him and it's clear that he has not been able to let go of his past at all um did the he, bats you give it away what's that no it's wearing the bats tiny tiny bit uh, <laughs> but i don't i don't know I, I i love that scene that scene you know and and then again during the funeral um it just seems like he it just it, it does it like I love the fact that like it stops him in his tracks, and it's mm-hmm. just like he's just he really is just so haunted and disturbed, and um you know it, it almost seeing that almost makes I would assume makes him feel like what I'm doing is kind of warranted. I know it's I know it's fucking insane, <laughs> but you know this is the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. Let's get to the next thing. Um, we see 
so we get we get after that we get Alfred coming in. We we get to see Andy Circus as Alfred. Uh, once Bruce gets back to the cave and takes his contacts off and he's kind of going through the footage and um he, man he lets him know like right off the bat he's like puts Alfred in his place. He's like listen you're not my father. Like right off the bat it's like god damn all right. Um, he's just trying to help. But uh, um but yeah like so you get to see that that relationship and it almost seems like he's just sort of short with Alfred in the beginning just not really. It's like he's not letting anybody in or he doesn't have any feelings about anything other than just being Batman 100% of the time. You know, he's, he's, it's like he's not, it's almost like he's not being able to process any of the hurt that he's grown up with all these years. And like, even though Alfred is there to, to love him and, and help him, like, it's just like, get away from me. I don't want to listen to you. Um, so, but that being said, um, it was very cool. You know, in the next scene when we get to see um, Alfred trying to like help him decipher the code from the Riddler. And, you know, we realize that Alfred is very smart, too. He's not just uh, a, a butler that brings him his food and takes care of him. He's like he's a very smart guy because we we found out that he was in the service. So um, he he's got he's got something of value there to uh, to give to Bruce. Dude, and Andy Serkis, uh, such a sick, different take on Alfred. You know, we've we've seen old Alfred for so many years. And we saw, you know, Lucius Fox um, kind of be the Alfred in, in those movies a little bit. And so, like, to get, you know, this, like, roughed up, like, uh, Andy Serkis, who's, who's, he's down for the cause. Like, he's in, like, the grungy-ass, you know, uh, Wayne Terminal makeshift Batcave. And so, he's just, like, actually, like, helping out and going through with it. Um, it's good to see. Uh, just because we, we've seen Alfred do a lot of shit, or heard Alfred do a lot of shit off screen in the past. So, to actually see him, like, get his hands dirty in there with it, you know, just short of Alfred beating the shit out of somebody. Like, <laughs> I think this is, this is good to see. I I loved it. I, I was waiting for this, this Alfred. And, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the, the Gotham show on Fox. I don't know if any of you guys had, had watched that show. I, I tried to give it a chance and just could not get through it. But, um, their Alfred was a more hands-on Alfred. Um, you know, teaching Bruce how to fight. And there was a, a comic uh, run that I had I had read um, called Earth One that I might have mentioned before. Um, but that Alfred was uh, was a, more of a badass Alfred um, that was, you know, ex-military and, and was in charge of protecting the Waynes and unfortunately had failed at that. And that was something that always, you know, would haunt him. Um, and he taught Bruce how to fight. Um, and I always wanted to see that interpretation because I, I, I love the Nolan take. I love the Nolan take where, you know, Bruce traveled the world and tried to understand the, the, the criminal mindset and, and learn different fighting styles. Um, but I, I just thought, you know, let, let's have a take where like Alfred teaches him how to fight and makes him more into a like a brawler type guy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I got. I was really hoping for a scene in this where we would see uh, Alfred and Bruce spar with each other um but maybe down the road but i still feel like they're they're not the they're not the bruce and alfred that i think we we you know usually think of um their relationship is a little it's a little tarnished i think but however there was that incredible uh scene in the hospital which i don't i'm sure we'll discuss but that that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie same we can bring it up we can bring it up since we're kind of just going over their relationship in general I just I love that scene. I, I loved how you, you could you could feel how how broken they were, and it, and it was um, 
Alfred was really trying, but he was very, he was frustrated with Bruce. And I mean, even as, as an audience member, you're kind of like, dude, like get your shit together, man. I mean, he's really, he's really <laughs> trying to help you right now. Like, come on. And, 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 uh, but, and it's not, not that I didn't like Pattinson's take on Bruce. Um, cause I absolutely loved it. Um, but I just, I think that's, I, I sort of felt for Alfred in, in that part. And then when they finally had that dialogue in, in the hospital, um, and then they held hands, I just, I was like, wow, like this is okay, here we go. Cause there's so many relationships in Bruce slash Batman's life, um, that I thought Nolan did very well. Uh, his relationship with Gordon, his relationship with Alfred, and I was and I was so happy with that. And I really was hoping that Matt Reeves would do the same thing, and he did. So um, really love that scene in the hospital. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, that was like a big character moment for him, right? Like mm-hmm. that and the and the kid earlier, and and I'm I don't want to get to the end, but like we see more that's like him evolving as going from that scene that we started talking about in the bat cave where he's like fuck you alfred mm-hmm. um to like him starting to realize no like i do actually care if something happens to this guy um like he has been there for me my whole life and like there is something more for me to fight for than just like vengeance like yes um i'm not just gonna let that be my whole driving force my whole life um because like that very emo version of Batman is what we got here, right? Like, and he's kind of learning to come out of that. And, um, but it's almost like if he would, if he didn't get to be Batman, Bruce Wayne would probably kill himself, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really loved how they built up those relationships and he started to learn, like, okay, maybe I can't do this all on my own. And um, you know, I need these other people around me to give me some reason to continue this fight because really the Batman is like a slow way to kill myself, right? Um Yeah. Yeah, he's on that path for sure. And Selena even mentioned the movie. I never I never thought about it with this one. Um Wow, you just kind of blew my mind when you said that. <laughs> I, I think of like I think of like the Dark Knight Returns and like an older Bruce Wayne who's just kind of like fuck it, like if it happens, it happens at this point. And that's that's where I thought they were going with Ben Affleck's Batman, just this like just this grizzled, weathered down Batman. Um, but the fact that you know even Bruce at a young age and and a younger Batman, so to speak, just like you know, this is his way of slowly maybe looking for his end. You just like, you just believe <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, <That's> cool. I guess. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, dude. I mean, all of the shit that he does, right, <laughs> throughout the movie, it's just right. like, man, you don't need... And he says it, actually. Uh, Rob Pattinson says, like, I don't care what happens to me. Uh, and he says, tells Alfred in that same scene, I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid to die, but I... Yeah do find i did finally find out the one thing that i am afraid of and it would be losing you and so that was that was just huge and it was i think that was probably the most emotional scene of the whole movie for me mm-hmm. it was like okay you got to really feel their their relationship uh but dude at the yeah. at the start of that though it was i remember laughing in the theater every time because like alfred's coming out of this this coma right and he opens his eyes and then Bruce is just like, you lied to me, Alfred. He's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. into him right away. <laughs> That's the first thing he says. <laughs> you lied to me my entire life. I was like, holy shit, dude. Uh, and, but yeah. Coma again. 
Dude, and, then yeah, you see. Oh god! No, sorry. I was just gonna say, and like, how long has has he been sitting there just waiting for him to wake up? And like, <laughs> when this motherfucker, I gotta be here when he wakes yeah, up. When this right? motherfucker wakes up, I'm gonna hit him with that. You lied to me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the nurses are like, "Do you want to go home?" He's like, "No, no, no. This dude fucked my shit <laughs> yeah. up. I am with. Oh, right, dude." You know that if they were like, hey, do you want to go home? He just wouldn't have said anything. He would just kept staring at him. No. Like, you know, because like, he's he would leave as Bruce Wayne and then come back when the when the hospital's closed and everybody's gone. And he's come back as Batman. He's like, one way or another, bitch. I'm, I'm going to be here. Yeah. One thing I didn't notice about it, dude, that... Uh, I told Kev as I didn't even realize it the first time, but um, this Alfred, it, since he's from the service, he was. I guess Kev, he pulled it directly from year one, right? The, this take on him because he wasn't their family butler, like it wasn't every other iteration. He was yeah. in the service and he was supposed to protect them, and that's why he got so upset. And he's like, "I should. I was supposed to protect your parents." And so, like, we didn't. I didn't even realize until the second time we saw it that um, that Alfred is was basically like their head of security just for them and. That's why he was saying, like, I couldn't, you needed a father, but I didn't know how to be a father. I just, and he did say, I taught you how to fight, but I couldn't, I didn't know how to be your dad. And that's all you needed was from me was something like that. And uh, I didn't even notice uh, the first time either that Alfred had a cane. Um, he was walking with a cane in this movie. Yeah, that, that's literally pulled from that Earth One comic. Um, yeah. I think he even has a cane in that too. But he, but when the Waynes die, you know, he, he kind of has this, battle like this internal battle of like I, I i can't be a father but at the same time i i, I can't let this kid like what, what's he gonna end up in like foster care like i, I can't do that and um i, I just I'm, I'm so glad they went that route because i remember reading that comic whenever that came out years ago and and the way it, it reads what's that <laughs> sorry i said you said well i don't know what year came out i said year one <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, you're you're one, I think. Around year one. Um but uh I remember reading it and, and thinking, man, like this 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 reads like a script for a movie and the way that it the way that it plays out, it's it's very cinematic. Um and I was like, shit, this would be a fucking awesome movie. And if you guys haven't read it, I recommend reading because it does. It feels exactly like what we just saw. Yeah. Heavily inspired by year one for sure. Like absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, no, this, I'm sorry. So you're talking of like um, Frank Miller's year one, which there's definitely elements of that. This is actually called Earth One. Mm -hmm. So oh, I meant um, to say Earth One, dude. I kept, I'm saying, got stuck on year one. It's okay, man. Um, no, it's, yeah, not. Jeff, Jeff, it, it's not. It's not fucking good, you idiot. Um, you just flipped the whole table. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jeff Johns uh, did a run called Earth, Earth One. Um, and there's, I think in the series, there's also earth one books for, I think Superman and, um, and wonder woman flash as well. too, right? I thought, isn't the flash have one? There might be, uh, it, it's, it's basically just like a different take on those yeah. heroes. Um, <laughs> hey. oh, yeah, you got it. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and I think from, if I'm not mistaken, Aaron, you, and you might be able to correct me. Is this the first time that we actually saw Batman's eyes illustrated? And it wasn't white lenses. Uh, I mean, it's probably not the first time, but it, it's not done very often, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. Usually, uh, you usually just have 
the white eyes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It mean, was so, torn directly from that, man. Like, <laughs> the cowl looked almost exactly the same in this movie. It's got the stitching and stuff on it. Yeah, it's, it's very yeah. shift-looking. Yeah, it's cool. Um, on that topic, I know a lot before this movie came out, everybody was like, oh, I really want to see Batman have white eyes for the first time. I hope that's where they go with this because we've never seen that before. Um, and, like, you know, I, I don't know that it would work out in live action, but, I mean, if somebody wanted to try it, I'd be like, okay. But um, in this one, I mean... Like the fact that you could see his eyes and the fact that Robert Pattinson is such an amazing actor, like to have almost your entire face covered and still give off the emotion that he gave off just through the eyes alone was like, dude, it wouldn't have been the same at all if it was just plain white. And you really you only have like the up and down of your of your eyelids to express something. But like, dude, the Rob, Rob Pattinson, I think, gave like every emotion you could give through just your eyes alone. So that was that was a huge thing. I'm really glad that they didn't do that. Same. Yeah, like I felt like they did do that a little bit with Batflick, right? Like when he was in the armor, he had like the oh, yeah. light up eyes, right? But yeah, yeah who would have known like fucking the sparkly vampire would be the best Batman? <laughs> uh, we're Dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, okay. it's good that you, that you mentioned that. Well, um, while we're while we're just talking about his eyes really quick, um, I fucking love the detail of of the uh, yeah, of you know, King Face Painter brings it up, but I love that they actually showed the eye black, um, and that he just, My and that he just My rolled bro. with it, even though it was all fucked up, and like, you know, he looks like, like a super emo kid, but then again, you know, they, it just sells the fact that, like, he has nobody checking him. He doesn't, he doesn't go outside, like, you know, the whole city, nobody in the cities has seen him. He treats Alfred like shit, so he's like, you know, he has he has nobody saying like, dude, you look like you know, you just came off like an eighties rock band tour, you know? Yeah, you look like you just fucking party with Motley Crue for seven days. Yeah. Yeah. So the the, the lack of, of fucks given was was a nice touch. Really on, on a practical level, it makes sense too, because like you know, when he was drifter in his drifter outfit, um, which dude, I didn't even put together, but I'm pretty Positive. He had his bat suit on underneath it, right? Because the clothes were like really, they were really big and puffy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to like, you know, to always have your eyes like you got the black around, that makes total sense. So when you go and you have to put the suit on, you know, you just put the cowl on real quick and that's it. And your eyes are already done up. Um, yeah. But dude, the, the thing that pissed me off the most in the old, older movies, especially Batman Returns, is like every time the cowl goes, comes off, it's it's just like a, a clean plain face. face. Yeah. yeah. And, and Michael Keaton, when he did it in Batman Returns, um, that was even as a kid, I was like, man, that's weird because like his eyes are black, and then literally the second it comes off, it's just all regular. Um, well, dude, uh, that just drove favorite. me nuts all the time. He's having a conversation with Michelle Pfeiffer, and uh, <laughs> uh, so they they cut to sort of a, a, a like a solo shot uh, of of Michael Keaton, and you can see the eye black, and then I think they cut to Michelle Pfeiffer, and then cut back to him. And yeah. then you can see just skin, and that's and then, it, then it, <laughs> like it's a piece of paper, and I'm like, you didn't land on your head, you know? Dude, <laughs> yeah, it's like, come like, on, just, your cow is like six <laughs> inches of straight rubber, and like he just like completely was, tore it off. Yeah, it was like <laughs> super thick rubber. Yeah, um, but it, it is. Dude, they it is made him wear funny. that. It's so funny. I wonder why they they never decided to just commit and just say listen he's got eye black on no, nothing know? was practical in the old movies and so 
them trying to make er almost everything practical here was was I think the the biggest tone shift. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. So finally, right, we got to see that, and like, yeah, everybody in the trailers, it was like, oh god, he's gonna be emo with the black eye. I don't know. I didn't. I don't like it. I, don't, I hate that shit, dude. It's like, come on, what are we? In? We're not in middle school anymore. He's not emo. Is not a thing. I don't think anymore. Right? But he's he's, he's did emo die a long time ago. But he's oh, definitely going to be you know super that's, super fucked yeah. up like psychologically, and so that that's yeah. going to show. It's called being, yeah, it's called being tortured, yeah. like emotionally <laughs> tortured. Yeah. Uh, or what is it? Yeah, I mean, the man needs therapy for sure. So for sure, yeah, you get riled up, Marcus. I love it. I know. I get really bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. When you were just over there, just like rubbing black. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm gonna come back and just and have like, <laughs> yeah. eye, fucking eye shit on my face. Um, so okay, let's get to uh, Batman and Catwoman. There, because um, we haven't even talked about Zoe Kravitz yet, mm -hmm. and she yeah. was awesome. Um, Kev, I remember. I think there was a scene in the movies when we were we were just watching it and like. We're like, oh, holy shit, like she's like the perfect cat woman. Just like the silhouette of her and then like kicking ass. She's got like this really tough edge to her, but also really feminine at the same time. And like that's really tough to pull off because usually either like somebody's overly like a woman is overly masculine to, and, because she's kicking ass. Right. And so like they want her to mm -hmm. they want it to seem like she could take down like the tough guys. So she's got this tough personality and like really rugged um, or you're too feminine. And like, yeah, like this, you could pull off Catwoman being the feminine aspect of it and like, you know, the sexy and all this stuff, but then maybe not as tough. But like this one, it was a perfect blend of just when she wasn't kicking ass, she was just, you know, like a woman, like a really feminine woman. And then she, when she was able to flip the switch and just go and like kick ass, um, it was, it was perfect. It was awesome. Oh, it was great. It was a perfect balance. Um, and it's not to discredit any of the previous cat women that we've had before. Um, I still have a soft spot for Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, I, I that, that for a long time, that, that was my cat woman. I grew up with her. Um, and I actually, I actually thought Anne Hathaway did a pretty solid job. Um, sometimes yeah. I, I forget about her. Um, but then when I revisit the dark Knight rises, um, I, I, I do think she had a, she did, um, a pretty solid job. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's so tough to say, like, who's my favorite right now, but I'm just going to say Zoe Kravitz killed it. Um, I think from the scene when she leaves her apartment and the way she climbs down the, uh, like the fire escape, like just her, her graceful cat leg mm -hmm. movements. Yeah. Um, but, uh, she was very, she was very Selena Kyle year one is, is what mm -hmm. I got by from. Um, and not just because like the short hair and anything like that, but just her attitude. Um, and Zoe Kravitz, I've never seen Zoe Kravitz in anything else. And now I want to track Man. down, like, I know, dude, like, like movies or, or, or TV shows with Zoe Kravitz because she, her, her performance, um, I don't know. She actually stole a lot of the scenes that she was in for me. Um, and I thought her chemistry with, with Robert Pattinson was, was incredible. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I loved her as Catwoman and I cannot wait for her to come back. I know there's rumors of her, of her doing a solo show and I'll, I'll tell you what, I mean, I think she had that much impact on me where I would definitely watch a solo Catwoman show with her in it for sure. Um, uh, yeah, like 100%, I 
personally, I think she was the best thing about this movie. Um, mm. Like, and definitely the best, like, fully realized Catwoman that we've seen on screen, right? Like, Michelle Pfeiffer was great. Anne Hathaway did her thing. Uh, but, like, as far as a character, this was the most, like, three-dimensional. Like, she had multi-sides. Like, she wasn't just Catwoman. She was just cat burglar. She mm-hmm. had, like, motivation. And, like, she didn't have to grow the way that Pattinson did, right? Like, she was already a developed character. And they really played all that, right? And mm-hmm. I love that they finally, like, connected her to the other side of Batman's world uh, and, like, told her backstory instead of just making her the the pretty face and the cat burglar who's kind of like an even match for Batman because I Mm -hmm. mean, they still did that, but also they gave her a reason to do that. Right. Um, And yeah, I would, I I, 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 would, I'm the same boat with you, Kev. Like, Oh, now I want to go see more Zoe Kravitz. Like what else should be in? Right. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, uh, King face painters asking, how do we feel about how she was placed in the story for the film? Uh, The, I felt, you know, like it, it was a, a tiny bit forced, but as when I felt that, they actually called it out in the movie, and she was like, "Oh, I feel like a, a fish on a hook," and it's like, "Yeah, like this this Batman is using you like hundred percent." But then, but then they they tied some emotional investment, you know, with her friend, and then her ultimately revealing like her father, um, you know, as Falcone. So it's like they like you were saying like they gave her more dimensions than than just catwoman or you know just being selena kyle for most of the movie and then surprise catwoman at the end so i i thought it was a good balance and i thought it was the best portrayal of um how you know again like catwoman and batman are are walking a thin line of of difference you know one's a criminal one's crime fighter but they're they're cut from the same same freaking cloth. So the fact that they kept, you know, all all the bad guys, well, the three major ones, um, not all the bad guys. I should say they mainly kept Riddler, Batman, and uh, Catwoman so close that like you know there was just a few different choices or a few different upbringings that, that they had separated them. So I thought it was nicely done. Yeah. No, you're right that they hit on that because, I mean, Bruce is an orphan. The Riddler was an orphan. Um, Selena Kyle, I mean, she was not an orphan, but she, you know, her dad, Falcone, basically shipped her away, right? Like, basically, she was an orphan. Um, So, yeah, they all come from the same sort of beginnings and uh, and upbringings. But, uh, yes, like you said, Sean, it's like a split hair difference. Uh, One choice or the other can just take you down a completely different path. Um, but they all have, they all share similarities for sure. Um, since we're on actors, then let's just, let's go to Colin Farrell as Penguin. And how, I mean, apart from the makeup, the makeup is obvious, right? It's like, yeah, he's, when they cast him to be Penguin, I think, and Kev, I might've talked to you about this, but I was like, how come, why would they pick Colin Farrell? When the, looking the way he does, when you can just go cast somebody that has physical attributes that resemble Penguin, right? And so you're not using prosthetics or you're not, you don't have to do all that extra shit. Um, sure. It worked out. Um, I was, I, I don't know why I thought that in the first place then, because I mean, he fucking killed it in this movie. I thought sure did. It, it was, he, he brought some, he brought some really nice humor to, to the movie yeah. and, and all of his scenes. He's like, even though he's, 
he's this, you know, oh, and he's not quite, he's not exactly Penguin yet. He's still Oz, but I'm, and we're going to get the show, um, Penguin after this. So I'm sure that'll show like his rise to power and now he becomes Penguin. But right now as Oz, he's just, he brought this like playfulness to the role, but he's still like tough and you don't want to cross him. Uh, but yeah, dude, every scene he was in, he was cracking me up. He just, he, he had the funniest lines in the movie. They definitely wrote, uh, for him to bring some, some lightness to all this dark shit that we were watching. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he was. A, uh, he was. Oh man, he was a ton of fun to watch. I, I, I yeah, I remember when when they announced Colin Farrell uh, was cast as Penguin, and I thought, okay, well maybe it's a different take. Um, I had I had played the the Telltale games. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played those at all. Yeah, um, it was super fun. But if if uh, I, I don't know if I'm mistaken, but the, the Penguin in that game is. Um, He's he's a, a leaner, <laughs> taller penguin, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He looked like the guy from Gotham, the penguin from that show. He resembled that one. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I forget about that. Um, but so I thought, okay, well, you know what, Colin Farrell, I, I think is a great actor, and I, I don't know if enough people give him credit as being a great actor. So you know what, hey, if it's a different take, let's do it. And then when I saw they were going with the prosthetics. Um, I was like, oh, wow. And you know what? And and the prosthetics work because I feel like if you were to done, done this years ago, I think it would have been, it could have been a mess, you know? Um, but I, I don't know. In my opinion, I, I, I think the, the, the makeup uh, was pulled off perfect. Um, he, I loved his portrayal as Penguin. I, I, uh, I was ready for more of a mobster type Penguin, you know, compared to the only other Penguin we had. Well, I shouldn't say that because Burgess Meredith back in the sixties. Um, but then we had, you know, Burgess mutated freaky ink drawn penguin. Um, <laughs> I always wanted the, like the mob boss penguin. I've always wanted that. And it was so funny because I was, I was talking to somebody the other day who isn't as, you know, uh, involved in, in the comics say as, as we are. Um, and he honestly thought like his, his uh, interpretation of the penguin was Burton's this mutated freak. And he really, because what, so he went to go see the Batman and was like, yeah, yeah, that was, that was cool. But like, I don't know, man, where was like the webbed hands and like the, you know, the weird ink coming out of his mouth. And, and the I, sexual uh, assault on women. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the <laughs> sexual innuendos and stuff like that. <laughs> and um, eating children. And I, yeah, yeah. All that crazy fucking shit. And I blew his mind and said, well, that, that's, that's not really the way the penguins portrayed in the comics. Like Burton. Burtonized the, the penguin as much as he could. Um, so I was happy to see this, and I love that it was, you know, the penguin in this was more of like a lackey, and he wanted and, and he wanted so bad to just you know like make his his voice heard, but he was always pushed down by Falcone. And I love that scene where um, you know Falcone is is, is uh, Batman escorts him out, which I thought was was such a like a like I know it sounds so stupid, but such a cool scene to watch Batman just walk. Falcone out. Yeah, like, I've never mm-hmm. seen Batman in a live action movie. Just you know, he would always like take a, a, a villain out, maybe in some epic way. But no, he just like walked through the club, you know, or wherever Falcone was in his his sweet apartment in in Gotham, and just escort him outside. But then when Oz finally got to like speak up, you know, uh, at, at Falcone, something I think that he's been dying to say for years serving him i thought was awesome and uh i think we're gonna 
I can't wait to see like us get to like a really ruthless penguin at some point. So that that's gonna be cool. Yeah, Aaron, did you have anything on penguin? Yeah, like uh, if I didn't know that was Colin Farrell, I would have never guessed, right? And I, I'm probably in the camp of like I didn't know he was actually a good actor because Hollywood <laughs> did to him like what they do to all like handsome leading guys is stick him in a bunch of fucking action movies where he doesn't have anything important to do except for shoot things, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so yeah, it was cool to see him in a role where he was actually doing something, and I think it it's good that he had all that makeup on because it would have taken you out of like. He would have been Colin Farrell. Absolutely. England, right. That's um, true. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that that's great. And like uh, Marcus said, he was the, he was the only guy having fun in this movie, right? Like nobody <laughs> yeah. else is having a good time. Uh, but he was the one with like talking shit to Batman and Falcone and and the girls at the club. He was just like, whatever. Uh, I'm just going to be a smart ass, <laughs> uh, which was cool. And I think worked because like he wasn't on screen a lot, right? Uh, but when he was, you knew like, okay, something's going down now. Um, yeah, it was a breath of fresh air. Like, yeah, you know, because of all the heavy shit that was happening, it was like it, it gave some levity and like yeah, some funness. Yeah. yeah, like when they're Bat- Batman and Gordon are interrogating him, he's like, "What is this good cop, bat shit cop?" Like that. <laughs> that kind of, yeah, that. That shit was, uh, was that funny. scene was one of it my worked. favorites too, because that the fact that he he took Batman down a few notches, Batman and Gordon, he's like, surely I was the only one that that fucking thought of this, right? And then they're they both look at each other and they're oh oh shit, <laughs> and the whole like the whole Spanish mistake too, like just just the things that he was pointing out, and I was like. You know, as a as a mob like a second in command mob boss where the only power he has like is in his nightclub, like of course he's gonna kind of be this this douchey, you know, this douchey mafia guy. Like there's always like a, a comedic humor to some of the, the underlings in those mafia yeah. movies. So it's like it, it didn't they're funny guys, yeah. dude. Like like the movie Goodfellas, like all the gangsters are, are fucking hilarious, dude. Yeah. Like Joe Pesci, like that's what yeah, way he's mm-hmm. like the joe pesci and good yeah and yeah and i you know tim burton's penguin and then the penguin in the animated series those were those were my two penguins i grew up with right i didn't read a lot of batman comics or you know and i didn't i didn't play any games if he was any any games so like those are the two depictions that i'm familiar with like just just because of knowledge like i, I know that penguin's more than that and like a mob boss guy but like uh you know, seeing seeing just the drastic change that that we went from from the last time we saw Penguin, I was like, "Thank you!" Like this is a lot more uh, grounded. I just I'm gonna I'm oh, gonna yeah. keep saying that, but you know, I think this is the most grounded uh, Batman that that we've seen just overall. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's cool that you mentioned because uh, he yeah he helps them solve the yeah. solve the riddle. I like, and that's very cool. It adds like a whole different, like a different dimension and layer onto these these villains, right? Like they're he, he doesn't he, he's not just he's not trying to screw Batman just 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 to screw him. He just wants you know he wants to be in power and do his own thing. And like he's like, hey, you guys missed this. He didn't have to say that, you know. David, but uh, well, I guess he was saving his own ass too because they thought it was him, so he had to convince them that like it wasn't him. But it shows you that I mean he's smart. He's not just like a lackey. Like he he could he is. And has the capability to be somebody in power. And 
and uh, we'll we'll see that. And it, it, uh, and the other thing that it showed and illustrated to us was that, um, you know, Batman is scaring the shit out of everybody in Gotham, and Batman just hunted down to kill this dude, and like he still like just talks to him in his face, like so like Penguin's been through and seen some shit. If like that didn't scare the shit out of him, you know, and terrify right, yeah. him, like. The fact that he's able to, like, after that whole scene, then he's able to just go, yeah, you fucking dumbass. Like, can't you tell? Like, you know, <laughs> so pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even in the the scene when Batman first goes into the um, the iceberg lounge and goes to talk to him for the first time, like he wasn't afraid of him even then. Yeah. He was, uh, he, I forget what he said, but he said something funny. Um, oh, the mayor. Like, because he didn't just pretend he was acting like he didn't know what happened to the man. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, shows he, him the picture and he's like, oh shit, that is him. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh man. Oh, I love, I, I loved his portrayal in the movie. Um, and I, I, I had talked about it briefly earlier, but I, I wanted to get your guys' take on the, the Batmobile chase scene. Um, you read my mind, dude, because that was exactly where I wanted to go. Perfect, man. I knew exactly <laughs> where we were going there, dude. We're so God. We're right uh, there. So uh that scene was fucking awesome. Um yeah. <laughs> um yeah. in, in the review in statement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's that's pretty much it. No, that that uh the the build up to that scene uh was great. I mean, especially being in the theater and Sean, I mean if you get a chance, man, like Try to. I'll. I'll buy you a. Ticket. No, just, no. It's it's time. That mention the mention the theater, and I'll fucking. <laughs> I'll make sure you go. Um, but I'm telling you, like that scene in IMAX when he's revving up the engine to the Batmobile was insane, and the way that they cut to like Selena's face and then Gordon's face is almost like it's this crazy supernatural like Godzilla's coming or something like looking around like what the fuck is even what's happening yeah. right now um was awesome was awesome and that car chase scene i mean the camera angles that were used were you it was like you were from batman's perspective and then the camera's like on weird parts of the batmobile and it's just like you felt like you were going down this highway and you were involved in everything and like the score that's playing like Giacchino's score, which I, I don't know, Marcus, if you have this on the list at all, but Holy, Holy shit. Um, that scene just blew my, blew my mind. Like Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious have nothing, <laughs> nothing. Um, this was one of the best car chase scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. Aaron, you're up. <laughs> like I mean really there's not a whole lot to say about it it was fucking it was awesome just to watch that whole scene uh yeah I mean totally different vibe that you're going for in a fast and furious movie like this is a relentless like it's like a murderer chasing you down like mm-hmm. imagine yeah. that scene playing out if penguin was the hero right like <laughs> yeah and That's like good. how fucking scary that shit would be right um <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> Uh, and yeah, and like he like knocks over all the truck, like he causes this huge pile up, and he's like, Yeah, fucking got away, fuck you guys, yeah. or fucking bat. <laughs> and then, like, he here comes the Batmobile over this flaming truck, and it's just like, Holy shit, uh, there's no escaping this person. Um, yeah, he calls him a psychopath, too. He's like, yeah. You freaking psycho, it's like just a, a normal person 
that shit is is insane. Right? It's like, God damn, how do I, <laughs> what is this? Uh, he's coming for you no matter what. Yeah. I was laughing, dude. Um, it's so funny when he when he went through the truck and the you know and the explosions are happening. I was laughing. I was like trying to okay, I was like pointing at you because if you look in the background, it's like it's exploding, right? And then there's just like more explosions and more explosions. And like he's still looking, he's still looking, and like, dude, it looks like it looks like the whole fucking city's blowing yeah. up behind him because like these explosions just keep going off left and right and left and right. Um, do you know so how many people died on that freeway that, that night? Yeah, Dude, they, <laughs> it's probably, it's probably there's so many people that have that died from that. that that's uh, exactly what I was gonna throw in. I was like, it is, you know, in in the previous scenes, like they seem super just silly and almost like slapstick. But this scene, like people for sure fucking died, like like on that freeway, dude. <laughs> like people are not making it home, and so to see to see Batman like not give a shit about other people's lives trying to catch one fucking dude and then he fucks <laughs> up on top of it it's not even the right fucking dude i was like this is kind of nice like like batman's <laughs> fucking up dude like all over the place um but no the cinematically that car chase is one of the best action scenes like like i've seen um everything was was super uh synced up like the i don't know if you guys noticed it but the score changes depending on what point of view. So like the, the bat theme is there when you see like when you're the cameras on the Batmobile and seeing from his view, but then it's, it's not there. It's just like drums or another part of the score that they removed from the whole thing when it's like penguin. So it's like, mm. it, it really gives you this like chasing down, like prey, like feeling. Um, and, Oh yeah, yeah. Shit. And so it was like a lion hunting a gazelle. Dude. Exactly. It was, it was just coming after him. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Kev. Just to hammer down again, when you mentioned um, when it was starting up, like, dude, I, I, and Aaron, I don't know if you saw it in IMAX uh, or if you just saw it in regular theater, but in IMAX because they have that crazy sub system and like extra speakers that around you, um, you felt it in your chest. As the it was starting to ramp up, because I think they used this. It sounded like a jet engine on a plane when a plane is starting up or it's getting ready to go, and yeah. like it was loud. It was so loud in the theater, and it was just it took so long for it to turn on, and the anticipation built up before he actually took off. And it's like, whoa, you know, it's like this feeling of like, oh my god, this is fucking crazy. Um, and the they actually heard or not heard but i read from matt reeves that they thought about the movie christine um the, the one that stephen king did uh when they were thinking about this movie and how to design the batmobile and like it did feel a little bit like that you know like that the car is alive and it's like it's coming to get you and it, yeah, like, absolutely. the car was its own character absolutely yeah. yeah that that demonic presence when it first starts up in the dark like I, mm -hmm. to me, the beat was a little bit long to where it almost got comical, but it, it, I know it was for dramatic effect and like it, it was, sure. it was scary as shit, but, um, you know, and that, that's probably the difference of seeing it in the theater versus a, a home, home screening, your private screening. Yeah. yeah your <laughs> so it's like, yeah, in the theater, it was, it probably hit different, but it was just a little long. But the fact that the anticipation was there and it was a very demonic alive presence like like another character um i i thought that was nice to see too because the batmobile's always just been an extension and a tool like of him so yeah 
yeah. I can I can officially tell you it was not funny in the movies. Like, <laughs> you know, in any way, I, if anything, like the the long period of time, it, it was making me feel anxious. Is like I just wanted to take off already because it was just getting louder and louder and louder, and it kept building and building. It's like, well, this is getting uncomfortably long. Uh, but I think that was the point, yeah. Uh, yeah. like you mentioned, and but, but like being able to feel it in the theater is like is a whole other there's a whole different ball game when that happens and that's why i keep trying to tell everybody or justify me going to see it so many times is <laughs> like never going to be able to watch it in that same way again Absolutely. you know when you're watching it at home you're not gonna be able to feel like, unless you have a crazy sound system at home oh, but like yeah, yeah. doing it in the theater like that's that's the way from a lot of this shit not just that scene but like absolutely this scene in particular it was awesome oh, totally dude i 100 agree with you yeah i have i didn't see it in imax but i I've been lucky enough to be, be around some muscle car, cars that are like that, and you get that same feeling that you're describing of like this rumbling that you could hear it from the engine and feel it in your chest. Like this thing is mm-hmm. gonna tear ass when it finally decides to leave <laughs> the spot that it's sitting in, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, did it stall? Did the dude, car stall? It. It. Or or. I, I wasn't sure if it was like it was just giving them a chance to take off, so then you can go after him. But like somebody mentioned, like in the in the theater, I think that like oh the car stalled. I thought that was cool, and I was like oh I didn't even think of that. I just thought he was giving them a chance to like to, to go and then catch up to yeah, him. Yeah, so I I think it was just a super uh, like lopy cam. So you get a weird um it and you know Aaron like like you see in these crazy ass muscle cars, like it sounds like they're running out of gas. But then it's it's just because the low end is so like and the engine's like barely running and it's it's to give you more top end speed, which makes sense with this freeway chase. You know, he doesn't catch them until they're the the Audi or whatever penguins driving is like, you know, max speed. And then the fucking Batmobile still has NOS and still has like top end power. Um, so I think it's the barely running really lopy cam, but it honestly like like it. Uh, I've heard like a few other reviews where it almost sounded like it ran out of gas or stalled. <laughs> oh shit! I know, yeah. when, Marcus, you had mentioned that too, and I was like, "Wait, really?" So like, like did he like not fill it up before he got there? Like he was like, I'm gonna "Really epic highway chase scene." Can I fill this thing with gas? <laughs> ah, fuck it. <laughs> Imagine the gas prices in freaking golf. Oh, For real. <laughs> He's like, I tried, but inflation. I can't fill it. Give me ten minutes. Yeah, he he would have totally blamed it on Alfred too. I'd be like, "Fucking Alfred, I told you drive it here and fill it up before you park it." Dude, it fucking, it took all of it. It took everything it had to just turn on, and then as soon as it turned on, that was it. Yeah, so he's like, "I was in the fucking hospital." What are you talking about? Actually, this scene happened before the whole. Yeah, yeah, it happened before. I think that happened right yeah, after. he's getting a prostate yeah. check or something. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. What's the next big one? Um, Sean, I, I'll just touch on it a little bit, but um, you mentioned him making mistakes, and that's one of the things I loved about this is was that he's not perfect yet, and he did make mistakes, and him escaping the GCPD, which we didn't even talk about. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of things we're not gonna go over, but like him escaping the GCPD and using his little flying squirrel suit. <laughs> Uh, and you know, and it definitely for the first time because he was he was afraid to do it yeah. at first. 
Uh, he yeah. was thinking twice about yeah. it. <laughs> like, you oh. fucking nailed that, bridge, dude, man. dude, dude. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> dude. So the best. So yeah, that is that is one of my favorite things about this Batman. And I know it it sounds fucked up, but um, dude, the fact that he. So two things, right? I I didn't realize this at first, but then at the end of the movie, when you you know, we'll get there, but you get the reveal of where the Riddler lives. He mm-hmm. lives right above that bridge dude so i i i yeah. went back i went back and i was like you probably watched that shit happen dude he just <laughs> he just fucking so you know like he's like okay like he's probably here with the clues he's probably talking to this person figuring it out right and we get that that awesome that awesome beef with uh gotham pd <laughs> Where they're fucking straight up firing on Batman and he punches Gordon right in the fucking face. <laughs> so like so you get that awesome scene and then you get that hesitation and you're like, oh shit, like, you know, this is he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And then he fucking banks that bridge, dude. And then realizing that the Riddler's probably like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a fucking TMZ footage of the Riddler like with his cell phone, dude. <laughs> so like world, world yeah, he's, dude, he's, he's trying to stream to his, his followers and like it's looking at himself but then out, out from the camera you see in the background he's just this five guy hit a fucking bridge and just... he's like there's no way this guy's gonna stop he just fucking nailed that bridge let's watch it again oh, oh he's spinning up oh he's actually live still oh fuck okay dude dude I, I know the suit has got protection on it but like I, I don't know how, how close do you think I mean do you think? Do you think somebody could have died from that? I feel broken like ribs. easily he could have yeah, died. Broken ribs for yeah, sure. I mean, that was a lot of speed. It wasn't just like falling on it. You're coming in hot, you know. Was it was like skipping. It was like skipping a rock on a pond. Yeah. Like when he hit the ground, it's like, dude, there's no, there's absolutely no way you would admit that. Yeah. And fuck, man, like that, like. There's yeah. definitely definitely eternal bleeding. For yeah, sure. that theme throughout the movie, I think, is one of my favorite things. Um, the fact that they took him from, you know, they took the character from leading the Justice League successfully and, you know, being uh, fucking basically funding the entire Justice League because his businesses are so successful, like all this shit. And then they made him into this dude who still fucked up all the time. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I, I thought it was necessary if they're going to do a refresh this close. Like, so it was good. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, was, oh, oh, go ahead, dude. No, I was just gonna say there, there's a lot of that in that Earth One book too, right? Like, uh, yeah. he like running across a rooftop and slips in the rain <laughs> and like falls and busts his head open and stuff like that. So yeah, it was really cool. And like the whole like, damn, he probably should have died from that. I feel like that's happened in a lot of superhero movies recently. Mm-hmm. Like, like they and then they just get up like. Are you sure? Like, yeah. Are you, are you sure you want to? Like, yeah. <laughs> he does. He sure? gets up. He does hold his back. Though. Yeah. That? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, it would have. It would have literally snapped me in half. I think. Uh, Anybody who but, has uh, vengeance, it would have fucking broken their back for sure. That's how strong his will is. That's a superpower. His strong will. He willed himself to not die. Will his bones uh, back together? <laughs> I can't believe there was no one in the street when he fucking nailed that bridge and got up and held his back and was just like, 
bro, you okay? And he's like, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> like, right? no one around <laughs> well, dude, it would have been great to show like residents who are still terrified of him, but they're like checking on him. They're just like, uh, and then they just keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> just walk over him as he's just on the ground like should, should we yeah. wait but he just kicked he just kicked my uncle's ass like yesterday no nah. yeah, if it was realistic yeah somebody'd be pulling out their phone and like world star you know, world star yeah dude trying yeah. to do like a selfie thing with him like ah. <laughs> he's just blowing the bridge <laughs> <laughs> um all right let's let's uh let's truck forward so in coming up to the third act of the movie here um one thing we didn't talk about which will tie it nicely was just the plot with uh just the plot with the riddler in general we didn't really kind of go over any of that which i mean we didn't even talk about paul dano like then the job that he did but he, he was i mean starting with that just <clears throat> real quick he was incredible i mean he's one of my favorite actors in hollywood today he's done a lot of my favorite movies and they just I don't know. You just feel it whenever when he's acting and he's nailing it. He, you just you feel it. And like this is the first time he's done a role like specifically like this. Um, well, Kev, like you showed me Prisoners, and it, it was kind of like that, but it more seemed like he had like a like a sickness, like a mental sickness in that movie. Uh, yes. Compared yeah. to this, I mean, he's very smart in this one, and yeah, I mean, he's also like sick in a different way um, oh. in this movie. But like you know, very calculating and very very cold and and very intelligent. But. Uh, the whole cat and mouse thing with him and Batman, this whole movie was just like, man, it was, it made me feel like when I watched uh, Batman and Joker in the dark Knight, like the back and forth between them two. And you just want to see more of it. You want to see how far the villain can push Batman. And like uh, that same, and which is what's always been like, would, would draw me to like the animated series and, and the comics is like, you just want to see him take on the, his rogues. Right. And this the thing about the Riddler was like, man, okay, he's putting out these, uh, he's calling him to these crime scenes, and he's just basically playing chicken with him and seeing like, hey, can you figure this out? Or that at least that's what we're seeing uh, from the audience side until we get that reveal later on in the interrogation room. But um, it was it was great and refreshing to see that instead of what we got with the Jim Carrey take in Batman Forever, where it was very silly, very campy, very. I mean, what, I don't know what's beyond campy, but yeah. Like ridiculous. <laughs> that that yeah. was straight from the '60s, like campy Riddler TV show, and it was just like it, it was a well, it was a well done homage to that. But it was just like, man, this is this is over the top. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, they basically called up Jim Carrey. They're like, "Hey, Jim, do you want to come work for a few days and you know, just be yourself? You don't have to be searched or do anything. Just just come show up and do your thing." And he's like, "All right." Um, so totally, yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Uh, so the, the the cat and mouse thing like, draws parallels to seven too, like you mentioned earlier, Aaron. Um, with the you know the them, I don't even remember what the guy's name was, but uh, which is awesome, and I loved it. And it was super dark, and it, it was just I, I love to see that kind of shit. Um, yeah, Paul Dano. I, I know I can't believe we we like forgot Paul Dano because there there there's a, a portion of this movie where <clears throat> I felt like you almost forget about the riddler in a way you're like wait where what happened to him where did he go um and I, I feel like there's so much to this movie you know with the 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 funeral scene and and uh, you know gil colson and all that um but yeah paul dano's performance was was incredible um 
even even his acting, I mean, through a cell phone with a with a leather mask on was incredible. And then you have the scene with him in Batman in the interrogation room. Um, which I had no doubt in my mind, just from Paul Dano's like previous work, like in There Will Be Blood, and um I thought, yeah, this this dude's definitely gonna be, you know, the 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 the, the vision that I think they're going with with the Riddler. Um, and again, to reference the Earth One comic series in Volume Two, Aaron, I'm not sure if you read that one, uh, but the Riddler is like a, I believe the main villain in that book as well. Um, and it's definitely more of a a Saul like, you know, um, type serial killer kind of plans certain traps, and if you don't, you know, guess the riddles correct, then you're you're fucking dead. Um, so I thought, well, yeah, Paul Dano can definitely pull something like this off. And, uh, he absolutely did. I mean, everybody's performances in this movie, I feel like everybody gave it like 150%. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't get to read the second volume of year one or earth one. Um, but I always wanted to check it out. And Marcus, you brought it up again, the seven comparison where, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, He's the driving force for the whole movie, right? But you do forget about him. Like, when they're walking uh, Falcone out, right? That's that great scene. Is kind of when you start to realize, that, yeah, like, okay, they solved this whole mystery, but the one who put this mystery in front of them was the Riddler, mm-hmm. right? So it's still his game, and, like, what are they going to do now? And then everything happens with uh, Falcone getting shot, and, like, you don't actually even really get to see Paul Dano and his performance until that point in the movie, right? Like, they go mm-hmm. see him at the Perkin Diner, and then that scene with him in the Arkham interrogation room is so fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I love how they left it really ambiguous of, does he or does he not know? Mm-hmm. If he is, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I still can't, like, I can't answer that question for you, right? Yeah. Like, it kind of seems like he doesn't, but maybe he just decided to fuck with him, right? Like, um... And then the uh, reveal yeah. like that, this wasn't his end game, right? There's still something that's about to happen, and you don't even fucking know it yet, right? Like, mm-hmm. here, like go back yep. to my house and figure it out, is basically what he says. Um, yeah. Which I thought was great. Yeah. And it, yeah, very reminiscent of the John Doe scene when he, they're interrogating fucking Kevin Spacey. Yeah, John uh, Doe. That's like, yep. And they think, like, oh, well, we stopped you. And he's like, no, you didn't. Like, I still got games to play. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that because Batman's always, well, the Batman I think we're used to seeing is always, you know, a few steps ahead of the criminal, right? But the Riddler was ahead of everyone the entire film. And I, I loved how, uh, again, Aaron, what you were mentioning was, does he know it's Bruce Wayne? Does he not? And then he mentions, you know, as soon as he said that we almost had him, we almost had Bruce Wayne, then you're like, wait, like, Riddler, like, really thought Batman was working with him. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Batman realizes, like, what am I doing? Like, holy shit, is, is my whole mission, have I, have I been wrong this whole time? Have I been promoting people like, you know, Edward Nashton to do what he's doing? And I thought that was incredible. And the Riddler was really convinced that, like, we're a team, man. Like, I don't know why I <laughs> yeah. like that, but like, we're, we're together in this and we almost did it. Oh my gosh. And like, that's when Batman realized like, holy shit, like, what am I actually doing? And then the fact that Batman questions himself, it was just, it was great. It was fucking, it great. was, yeah, 
and and I agree and like love uh, everything you guys have, have touched on. And, you know, leaving it up to to not knowing one way or the other if he knows or not. And then in that same instance, Batman doesn't know if he's doing the right thing or not. Um, but the the thing that I thought was was awesome. And of course, you know, this movie is going to forever draw comparisons to seven because it's it's extremely similar. But but the thing that we haven't seen in the Batman movies before is that Batman doesn't even get a chance to save the day with most of these. Like, the dude's already fucking dead, and, and then mm-hmm. Batman's like, oh shit, I was supposed to be here, and then reads a note, and then shows up somewhere else, and that dude's already fucking dead, or about to be. You know what I mean? And then, like, he, yeah. the, the one chance he gets where, um, you know, he's at the funeral, and the, the DA's, like, you know, got the bomb around his neck and the phone, the fact, it's my favorite yeah, scene. the fact that oh. that Batman yeah. doesn't save the day there. The one time he has a chance, it's like, dude, like, fuck, man, like, it's it's refre- <laughs> It sounds fucked up, but it's super refreshing to see Batman not, you know, saving the day the entire time, not being one hundred percent perfect. Like, yeah, it's crazy, dude. He couldn't. He couldn't even, and that ties perfectly into your, you know, Batman makes mistakes in this movie. He. He couldn't even stop the city from being bombed, so it, it, it happened, and he's just dealing with it now. But uh, that's yeah, you're right. He's, he was never able to really crack it. Um, he didn't even he didn't even he didn't stop the Riddler. No. The Riddler gave up. He, it was the plan to just give up. He didn't even he you know he would have kept going if he wanted if, to. If him and Bruce Wayne were two different people, Bruce Wayne would have been dead. Like he like he. The only person he saved was Bruce Wayne, but at the expense of Alfred. And it's just like, and it's like, dude, like, uh, if if you were two different people, you wouldn't have done anything to save that the other guy. Like every like Riddler's plan would have been fully executed. Instead, it's like ninety nine percent. So, to this day, I still am not sure if he knows or doesn't know, but. I am leaning more towards now. Even uh, I've switched a couple different times. At first, I was like, "Oh, uh, he didn't know who he was, and they were working together the whole time." Or he mm-hmm. thought they were working together, and that was the plan. But then, after this last time I saw it, it, it. I think he, I think he does know, and I think he just doesn't want to say it yet, um, because every the way that he was acting, and especially in the in the house beforehand, before he goes to see him in the interrogation room. All those pictures of Bruce up and like there's a Batman picture right next to it. And it says, I know who you really are. Um, it's true. Again, like, but nothing that he does is on accident. So it's like, it's it's very purposely put there. And then when you get to the Batman's freaked out because he's seen it. And that's why he's saying it's, it might be the end of the, the Batman because he can't do it anymore. He feels like that he figured it out. Then when he gets there, you know, that's where the tension comes from. Is like, we, we don't know that does he know? And then you see... Batman standing in the back where it's dark and you can't see his face or anything. He's just kind of holding back and you only see the silhouette. And then he keeps like looking at him. He's looking at the camera. He's just like, oh shit, he's about to out me. And then Kev, like you mentioned, that's when Riddler was like, uh, we we almost got him. That's the only one we didn't get. And then you just see like the relief in his face that he doesn't or he thinks he doesn't know. And then that, that's when he actually gets closer to the glass and you can see his face after that. He like lets himself yes. be comfortable enough to go. But... Then, dude, I don't know, just the way he says Bruce Wayne, it's like the inflection and the way he says it is like a nod to him. It's like, hey, I do know who you are. Um, but because this camera's filming right now, I need to pretend like I don't. 
I want to confuse you. Maybe this, yeah, the end, like blowing up this, these walls for the water to flood. Maybe that's just step one. Could be a step two and three. Like that's just, it would be cool if like the Riddler was the main guy this whole time, you know, and stays and, and Paul Dano keeps coming back for these movies uh, to just watch this long executed plan unfold over the course of a couple different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I still don't know, but I do, I think, I think he does know. And I think he's saving it for the sequel. Or the or the third movie. It's interesting that you say that because I, I was thinking about that scene the other day, and the way that he's saying Bruce Wayne in such like a haunting kind of way, and I was like, shit, like does he know who he is? And then it made me think, um, with when it comes to Batman's villains, um. For most of the villains, I feel like it, it's not. And 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 again, I I think I always reference this, but the Joker's speech at, at the end of of the Dark Knight when he's hanging upside down and and he's talking about how like this wasn't going to end in a fist fight with you and you and I are destined to do this forever. It made me think like, wow, like does Matt Reeves like Matt Reeves must have? I wonder if he has this whole thing planned out. Where like even if even if Edward Nashton knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, that, that's not his mission. It's not his mission to expose who Batman is. The villain's mission half the time is like, listen, you are just as crazy as we are, and mm-hmm. you belong in here with us anyway. And just having yeah. fun with Batman and the fact that Batman, like they, they almost get a, you know a enjoyment out of watching him uh, trying to, to save the day, so to speak. Um, but I never thought that the villain's mission was ever to expose Gotham to who really Batman is. I don't think they could care if they knew where they didn't know. It's just the fact that Batman to them is just as crazy as they are. And I always thought that was really, really interesting to the point where maybe Bruce Wayne even thinks, am I like, is it, is it the chicken before the egg? You know, because of my presence, is that what's bringing, you know, these villains out? from underneath or is it the villains that brought on the Batman and I feel like you can never really tell so when I thought about that I thought you know he might know but but it doesn't matter to him and the fact that he knows it's sort of like he has that over Bruce like he can tease him with that you know where Bruce is always concerned like don't don't unleash my identity where it's like I don't even care that's not my whole purpose in life is to expose who you are truly to the world there's there's more to it than that um so i don't know who knows if that's what matt reeves was thinking of but if he was bravo to him because that's awesome yeah aaron did you have have anything with that um yeah i mean i I think kev touched on it but it's that whole i think i mean not to jump franchises or whatever but in like civil war vision says it he's like you know our our existence invites challenge so mm-hmm. like us just being here does that like that makes people like the joker and the riddler want to come out of the woodwork and say i can beat this guy um right yeah, that, absolutely yeah, i don't really have anything more to say than that yeah, real real quick um you know the the advantage of of not seeing it in theaters three times, but seeing it in the home home theater and going back is uh call it a, it's a private screening, Sean. It's a private screening, the reminding private now. screen. Yeah. So the um being able to go back uh so the the weird the one thing that 
you know, seemed like it didn't go to Riddler's plan was when they they fucked up uh, the back. They fucked up one of the clues, and then they the Riddler sent him to like the orphanage where it all started. Right? I I think that it seemed like a backup plan, but I think that was intentional, and I honestly think that was the test to see if Bruce Wayne and Batman were the the same person or not. Because that, that's when he sent the letter to Wayne Manor, right? And so he knew, like, sending Batman to, to this spot and then mailing this to Wayne Manor to Bruce Wayne, if Bruce Wayne's there, he's going to get it and fucking blow up. If Bruce Wayne's not there, it's going to be Alfred or somebody else, right? And Or even if, they, if he blows up later, like, then he'll be like, okay, Bruce Wayne wasn't there, but, you know, there's still a chance. But the fact that Batman was in one spot and Bruce Wayne didn't die or get injured at the, the Wayne Manor. It's like that that could have been his test. And then in the uh, interrogation scene, um, the first time I watched it, I thought the interrogation scene was where he put two and two together. And that's why he said Bruce Wayne so many fucking times, like, um, you know, kind of like it just clicks to him. But it, it could be that like he already knew from the test and now he's just toying with, with Batman. You know, he's like letting him know, but then making him skeptical skeptical, just like the rest of us. Um, you know, making us wonder if he actually knows or if he's just nuts. So it's like yeah. the fact that I could still even see like the test happening and like it makes sense, but the fact that, you know, Paul Dano still like sells it that it's a fucking mystery is, is amazing. So really well done. That would certainly be a twist on a twist on a twist. Like if that reveal would ever come later on down the road and then they can do like flashbacks to this first movie where it's like, uh, where we thought we knew what was happening, but it's actually the intent was completely different. That would be fucking crazy. But why, why even like reveal it? Right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's better if you don't. just let us just let us all fucking try to debate this for the next twenty years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. the bridge. That's that's the whole you know the whole thing with seven too. Like, sorry to keep going back to it, but like, you know, we never saw what was in the box. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, people. Yeah. Um. Okay. We'll try to we're gonna try to push this through because we're sorry. This is a long yeah, yeah. now, but no, we're good. We're good. Um, we'll just get down to we'll get down to the third act, um, like the end. Um, so Batman's not able to stop the bomb from happening. Um, uh, everything. What is there? Six vans? I think they have six vans parked all around Gotham, and they blow up the the dams or like the walls holding the water, which were getting flooded because it was raining constantly. Um, they were already at peak levels, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> it, it rains in Gotham every day. Uh, <laughs> so they, uh, they, he, he fails to stop it. Um, all the, the city's getting flooded and everybody, like the mayor's over at the, it's, I mean, it's basically Madison square garden. It looks exactly the same, uh, but they're all in there. Uh, she's doing her acceptance speech and it turns out we find out that the Riddler has helpers, uh, regular people that are kind of, that are doing that whole, like, I don't know. What was it like? It's almost like a, a mock of like 4chan and all of those. What are they like? The, the dark web yeah. people where they're like, yeah, they're talking about bad shit and they're all fucking racist. And, and, you know, I don't know. They just got a whole lot going on. So <laughs> they want to use guns and they want to shoot people and they want to hurt people. And 
So he was able, Riddler was able to recruit all these people. They come and they're they're in the arena. They want to take out the mayor, and um, that's where we end up there. Did you guys like the end of that? Did you guys like how that all played out as like a big, like a final battle sort of thing? You guys can go ahead. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'll go. Uh, like this was the weakest act of the movie for me. Like I, I almost felt like now we walked into a different movie, right? And and like kind of what you expect from a Batman movie, like the Batman movie, we all, or at least for me, like I kind of expected like the big budget stuff's going to blow up. People are fighting. Um, Batman's trying to save the day. I like that. He didn't like, I, I like that. It still went to shit, right? Like mm. the mayor got shot. Um, the freaking medicine square garden got flooded. And like at the end of the day, it was still pretty messed up. Like, uh, but like as far the as the city's like, flooded oh, now, <laughs> yeah, the city is flooded. Um, so more rain coming. <laughs> um, it's gonna be a long winter, right? Um, <laughs> but like, what what made me see this is like when the whole roof exploded, and like Batman comes flying in. I was like, oh, like here we go. Like this is the movie that you expected yep. from Batman. And I was glad that like we didn't get there until this yep. part of the movie, but like I hope they steer away from that kind of bombastic stuff in the sequels. Like we this is the Batman movie that I think people at least people who have been into the comics for a while uh kind of want, right? Yeah. Like down to earth, gritty. And it's definitely I'm, like a product of its time and like we're that's kind of where we're at right now with like the government and just all the shit that's going on and uh it was cool to see that happen in a batman movie and even if they moved a belly from it a little bit at least it's still it was the very empire strikes back uh version of a batman movie yeah right? like <laughs> except in the first one yeah yeah right we skipped yeah. over all the uh all the uh hope <laughs> there was no hope in this one <laughs> Yeah, and just to to touch on what Aaron was saying, like this this last act, that last like battle scene, um, I'm kind of torn. I I agree with you. This is exactly like the Batman movies that that we've seen before, and it was kind of like a I was like, oh man, like like it was so close to ending, like just like ultimate perfect like new new take on Batman, um, but. Again, you know, I, I'm kind of the realist with these things. Like, I understand they they gotta sell sell toys or some sell some action, you know, for the people going to this, thinking it was you know a uh, more typical Batman movie. And I appreciate it was only the last few minutes. Um, and I also actually really love where they left it with the city fucking flooded. You know, it's been raining the whole time, so I'm surprised like any Gothamites actually notice a difference with the floodwaters because it was probably fucking flooding in 80 percent of the city anyway. Um, but <laughs> but the fact that it's not raining and that it's the sun shining, but the city's flooded, um, I, I can get into that. You know, when we when we hit the the end of this thing and and talk about the future, um, but um, you know, it was I was like kind of let down, but at the same time. It was dope to see his um, chest plate actually be useful, you know, in the mm -hmm. fact that that's what he, you know, that's the gadget that he took off and then snapped the, the wire with. And that his, you know, we were shown early on that his suit, um, 
it has like electrical protection, like from getting shocked or tased and shit. Right. So the mm. fact that it, it went for full circle with that, but it was it was high budget action, and again, hell of people fucking died, dude. Hell of people died in there for sure. And like I, I thought it was cheesy that like it's like oh you know yes this thing collapsed, but it collapsed in a way that all these people, everybody who was around fit nicely and nobody got crushed i'm like dude like people for sure got fucking wrecked like again <laughs> so it's it's i'm torn i i like where it left us um you know some of the action in the middle was a little much for this tone of, of batman movie but i get it i get why it didn't need to be there yeah it's and king face painter points out nolan's football field exactly just like in that movie they they blew up the entire stadium you know, and, and just out of nowhere. Um, but I get why those things need to happen. So, um, you want me to go? Yeah. So, um, it's interesting. Um, also, I, I just picture Sean the whole time watching the movie, like in certain scenes, Sean is just like, people definitely fucking die right there. <laughs> 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 like, just taking tallies. Oh, God. Yeah. So oh, we know, we know you took tallies, dude. We know you took <laughs> oh, tallies. Man so much death um so it's interesting because um i have heard from from quite a few different uh you know different youtube channels that i watch with like spoiler reviews and stuff um a lot of people had said that the third act of the film they felt was the weakest um so i'm not surprised to to hear that uh aaron and, and sean like your thoughts you know line up with that as well um i you know what and 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 I'm trying not to be like super biased and like try to separate my, you know, the, the childhood Batman oh, fan you're good. And me, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. from this. But um, I think for me, that scene in the movie um, was, was almost a nice break in a way. Like I loved how 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 heavy and dark and it was it was it was a detective story. I loved and then I felt like at that point in the film when it was a high, you know, action sequence, I almost felt like, oh, this like I don't know, I just kind of felt like, oh shit, now we're gonna see like Batman's fighting skills, because he also has that aspect, as well as being the world's or soon to be the world's greatest detective. So for me, as like the little kid in me, I was like, "Oh my god!" Now it's a, it's a scene where, you know, Batman's just showing you what Batman does as far as fighting and his, and his, his his grappling hook and all this kind of stuff. So for me, that that scene got me excited, and and I totally understand where you guys are coming from, especially the the way the film went and then ended the way it did. Mm-hmm. It does feel like it it could be two different movies. Um, for me, I just for me it was. I don't know. I, I, I loved seeing the fighting. I don't know. Like anytime Batman is like fighting anybody, it just, I don't know. For me, it just gets me super excited. Um, there were, there were other like, besides like the, you know, the, the fighting and stuff that had happened there, there's a scene that happens within that third act that, um, got to me too emotionally. And it was, it was when <clears throat> Batman has, uh, so after he uses, you know, the, the emblem um, on his chest to, to cut that, that wire and, and he comes out of the water and then lights the flare. And again, we have that red theme. Um, 
the way that he goes to when he goes to the mayor and i think it was if, if i'm not mistaken it was the uh, the son of the mayor that had been murdered um and he reaches out his hand and there's like hesitation and then the minute that you know one of the civilians of gotham i think it's the the young it's the boy kid, yeah. at first mm-hmm. you know uh, just the symbolism that was yep. in that where it was like people are now starting to trust this masked vigilante um and maybe he's actually trying to do some good here that that whole scene was for me like the most impactful scene and that that kind of saved it for me i mean yeah sure the fighting and the smoke that's coming at batman coming from this way and that way yeah that was fucking cool to see because like that's like batman in full glory um but i still feel like there was some some great symbolism and foreshadowing of of a you know, we're, we're eventually going to get to that point of the Batman that I think most people who may not read the comics are familiar Absolutely. with. Absolutely. It just got me excited to see where this, this story arc is going to go, where, where, you know, Bruce finally figures out that at some point he's going to have to have two separate personalities. He's going to have to start maybe giving a shit about Wynn Industries. Um, but there's, 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 you know, stuff that he can do in Wynn Industries to, to actually provide for the city. Um, and then start to create that that persona of Bruce Wayne to maybe convince people that there's no way that this this billionaire playboy who comes in with you know two girls on his arm you know is is this guy who like jumps you know rooftop to rooftop at night beating the shit out of criminals. Um, so I know that might be crazy like to think that deep from all that kind of stuff, um, but I totally get where you guys are coming from because it sounded like a lot of people were on the same page as you were um but yeah i don't know when, when batman's kicking ass i it's so hard for me not it, to it, it hits the nostalgia bone for sure and yeah yeah, yeah. i was like oh okay I'm ready. i'm ready for this now even though it was kind of like my you know sometimes in the marvel movies i get mad with like angel ultron when like you know the the big battles against these robots so when they're you know when the robots are taken out there's no you don't feel anything because it's not actual people and then it was just kind of these mindless mass people that Batman's attacking and stuff. And, but, uh, I don't know. I still, I still don't. <laughs> yeah. And the, the symbolism, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. The symbolism, uh, re- just real quick here. Um, uh, super like w- really well done in that last scene. And the, just the little hints where like earlier in the film, he was squinting in the sun and had to wear sunglasses. But at the end here, he's the guiding light. And then when he steps into the sun, he's not squinting anymore. And he's, you know, yeah. he's, he's got his cowl on. So he feels more comfortable in the cowl rather than being himself in the sun. Um, that was a nice touch. Yeah. Sorry guys. Uh, dude, yeah. That, that actually circles all the way back to the beginning when, um, when I was telling you guys from the scene, uh, when he first makes his appearance on, in the movie, he's coming out of the dark. He's, he's coming out of the dark, right? Um, he's, he's, is in darkness and he's, he's coming out and he's vengeance and he's got, he's got this whole persona. And then at the end of the movie, he's quite literally leading the people into the light and you know, he's not, that's his like birth into being Batman. He's not just vengeance anymore at that point. Um, or people, because again, the guy was afraid of him at first, the, that in the, in the subway. And then at the end, the people are, are not afraid anymore. Um, the, the girl is holding on to his arm cause she doesn't want him to leave. She feels comforted by him, and you can see it gives her like a little nod. So it's just his transformation from the end to, or from the beginning to the end. 
Uh, and you could see it. Uh, that was that was like uh, that was awesome. This is really cool to see. This is a perfect place to pick up for the next movie. Yeah, you hit exactly what I was going to talk about, Marcus. Is that he did go through that whole character arc from that first scene where the civilian he saved was like scared and he didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Then they they hit the beats. Mm-hmm. Then the kid in the where his dad got murdered, he like he saw him there, and then he saved him at the funeral. And then that kid was the first one to like reach out to him. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know if it was the same kid on the roof that was like getting airlifted out of there, but like he could see that that kid needed reassurance, and he actually gave it to him at that point. Mm-hmm. Like he went from just being vengeance, like you said, to being someone who's here to save people. And I wouldn't even say that I didn't like the third act. It just was such a different tone from the rest of the movie. Um, and there were little bits like they had to make sure that Catwoman was there, right? Like they gave her an excuse to be there. And like he uses that, I guess it was adrenaline. Like they didn't show Dude. this at any other time during the movie. And he like suddenly comes out of nowhere with this adrenaline and beats the shit of that guy. And then I I liked that it, that guy was the same guy he saw at the funeral who was like, despondent right he was mm-hmm. like yeah fuck these rich people right and, and just super quick touching on that like i loved how selena just totally assumes the whole movie that he's like some downtrodden guy and he's like fucking bruce wayne uh, <laughs> right i know that's funny yeah she's like no you there's no way you came from money uh, right yeah but little does she know uh, <laughs> I, I will say, see, th- this is why I was saying I'm torn because I, I do love the fact that, you know, he juiced himself up and he almost took it over the edge and fucking just, <laughs> again, murdered that guy. Like, he was super close, dude. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the action over the top. But then I do appreciate, you know, he just, I don't know if it was just, you know, liquid cocaine or whatever he injected himself with and he just went fucking ballistic, dude. But it was. So it was good to see. Did you? I don't know. Picked up on it, but so yeah, I don't. Adrenaline is not green. Um, And you know, Kev, you read a lot of comics, and you know, Aaron, I know you have two, but uh, green is is uh, the color of venom. So, which is why he got so aggressive. Uh, He probably has like a synthesized version of it. I mean, he might even be the one that he might even be the one that created it for himself, and but like gives him these crazy side effects, but. Maybe if a sequel is like Bane, t- I mean that's the beauty of it. Is like Matt Reeves sits, he's like teeing all this shit up for potential, like to go in that direction. But he made he doesn't even have to. But like if they want to do Bane in another movie, like bam, there's that was there's the in there. Um, uh, but like yeah, it could be where Bane finds that finds his little little Dude. bit of his serum left over or something, and like just takes it in excess, and like that's why he becomes like all crazy and. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah, that and was that, really cool. that hits on the thing I brought up earlier. Like, if he if he already caught Bane right and put him away, you know he's keeping one of those vials and been like, man, you know, studying it. Like, what the fuck is this? And then he's like, oh shit, it juices you up. All right, I'm gonna, you know, it's my fire extinguisher that I'm just gonna keep with me in case of an emergency. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude. Um. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Because then when he's beating the shit out of that guy, you don't even know if he's going to stop. And then, like, you see in Commissioner Gordon's face, like, whoa, like, I've never seen this side of him. And Catwoman was afraid of him. And, like, everybody was just super afraid of him at that moment. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was cool. Yeah. So, um, what's next on the agenda? Okay. Well, we pretty much covered everything except for one thing, um, which we saved to the end. But 
Do you guys do you guys know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna say? What I'm gonna bring no. up? No? no, I'm surprised. I, I, I think you do. I think I do because it was something that I I don't know. I think I do. <laughs> Maybe, possibly. No. Was that so, yeah? Was that vague enough for you guys? Is that vague? Um, yeah, you guys know the thing I'm talking about, I right? The no thing that idea. only I know. No, I'm just, <laughs> I, didn't, I, I only um, saw it half the time. I didn't see it three times so, in theater like you. Yeah, we're about to be four, actually, probably this weekend. Um, Hell yeah. When Riddler's locked up in Arkham and he finds out that he can't, his plan didn't go to fruition. Ah, see, now you guys know what I'm talking about. That's okay. Uh, Matt Reeves is teeing up something else for us, and we get um, an unseen Arkham prisoner. Is what I think what the name of the the guy was that he's playing him. Um, he's sitting in his cell and comforting him. Um, we know who that is, and Matt Reeves confirmed it after the movie. But uh, we get a tease of Joker, and a Joker before he becomes the Joker. So, what's uh, yeah thoughts on that? Because uh, that came, I wasn't expecting that to see that. So. Uh, immediately when it happens, like, oh, shit. Um, so I, I, I yeah, <laughs> that, that scene, that scene kind of caught me off guard. Um, but I, I know, you know, I know, uh, you know, a ton of people have been like, gosh, we've had so many jokers over the years. Can we use someone else in his, his, uh, you know, rogues gallery instead of the joker? Um, I get that perspective. I do. Um, however, I, I, you know, I still feel like, you know, Joker is Batman's yang to his ying. Um, and I feel like you have to have a Joker at some point. And also watching Matt Reeves' film and the way that he portrayed Gotham and the tone of the movie, I would love to see a Joker in this in this iteration of, of Batman. Um, I love how we just got like a little tease. Um, I, I hope that the, the next movie is not Joker heavy. Like I would love them to build up the Joker almost the way that Marvel built up Thanos um, and just kind of, you know, sprinkle in here and there in each movie and then eventually lead to the Joker. Um, I love that the Joker and Batman already have an encounter with each other, already have sort of an established relationship. Um, I also love the fact that he's not known as the Joker yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the details that Matt Reeves gave uh, on his iteration of Joker, where it's uh, it's 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 a um, uh, like a like a birth defect almost, um, where he he can't stop smiling, sort of thing, has me really interested. Because um, if you're going to do the Joker, because um, it's been done so many times, you you you, you might want to do it different. Um, so I know a lot of people were like. Eh, you know, I, I really could do without Joker. And again, I totally understand that. Um, I eventually would love to see a Joker in, in this universe. Um, give me some other villains b- before you really weigh heavy on the Joker. Um, but yeah, at some point I would love to see him. So of course, you know, despite everything I just said, you know, hearing him laugh and, and him mentioning something like, you know, one day you're a clown and, yeah, the nerd in me kind of went a little crazy inside at that part. I, w- I will admit that. Um, I don't know. What did what did you guys think of that that part, Aaron? Um, yeah, it was cool. Like it was cool foreshadowing. Uh, I, I think I'm with you, Kev. Like I would love to see them go somewhere else first and build it up slow. Uh, 
you know we have seen lots of jokers some who have been really great and some who have not been so great um and it would have to be something different than what we've seen before and, and even saying that like i would say all the versions that we've seen have been incredibly different from each other uh so it would just be like how are they going to do this in a way that's interesting um which i don't doubt they could watching what they did here um mm -hmm. but just uh, how i just seeing how we get there it, like it would need to be they did such a good job with the riddler and like <clears throat> having him be this just to pun it up enigma uh <laughs> for the whole movie um like i would want them to do something similar with him but obviously different because he's much more of a psychopath than the riddler is right like, yeah. Uh, yeah i think king face painter says it in in chat it's like almost like r-rated horror like he's that crazy yeah that would be a good one um yeah and to answer uh king face painter's question from earlier and tie it in with this i think honestly i think that might have been and sorry, Kev, I know this is going to crush your heart, but I think that might have been my, the most disappointing part of the movie for me because I really, I really, you know, I'm on board with building him up and having him be a post post credit um, little teaser for like five, you know, five, maybe three to four movies, right? And building him up as the big bad, right? But I am fucking fearful that they're that they're gonna be joker central this next movie and i'm like ah fuck you know you guys fucked it up again no but uh like like and honestly i think the way that he's already toying and playing up uh with riddler i think is going to have him uh kind of be collecting friends in in arkham so that would mm -hmm. be awesome hopefully that's the way they go um and even though that that actor has one of the perfect and one of the most perfect Joker smiles I've ever seen, like naturally on that dude, um, I forget his yeah. name, uh, but it's like Barry Keoghan or something. Like yeah, that. and uh, his fucking perfect Joker smile naturally, but it's just like, oh man, like you know, we need a break. Like uh, you know, I was thinking honestly, like. Uh, it was one of my my off the wall theories when we were talking about Batman earlier, but I want to see live action Clayface, dude. Like he would be so sick. Like and Batman's got so many other cool, um, well developed villains, and I I understand Joker's is number one, but like just you know just feed us a, a drip of that IV of Joker just in a few post credits or in the background of a few films, but yeah, don't do another Joker main. Um, you know, just tease it. Just keep teasing it. Yeah, uh, I agree with um, everything that you guys said. Um, I, I, I'm on board. I'm on board with doing another Joker. Um, but like you guys have brought up a bunch of times already, just uh, sprinkling it in here or there. Um, it would be awesome if Joker is just in Arkham the entire time. Over Who knows how many movies we're going to get, right? But this is another thing which we can just lead into that as well is like this future and this universe that Matt Reeves is building and like where it's going to go from here. Um, but who knows how many movies they're going to do. Hopefully they do a lot of them um, because I wouldn't even want to say I would want to see Joker in the third movie. Um, like I would want to be like somewhere a little bit more down the line, maybe like a fourth movie. But, you know, when have we heard of like 
the same actors doing like four or five Batman movies in a row before rebooting again. So who knows if it's going to go that far. Maybe every movie is going to be three hours. So maybe it would be fine by the third movie because we're going to get so much story in it. But like if he doesn't even, yeah, we're going to get different villains. Like in the next one, you know, we think like, hey, we're going to see Penguin become Penguin or like he's going to be the big crime boss. And like um, Mr. Freeze has been talked about as a rumor. That would be, Mario said that he, if he could find a way to really ground it and do it like this style, that he would really like to explore that villain, and I would, I would love to see that too. That would be fucking awesome. Um, <clears throat> I think that they're going to be able to build it too throughout the TV universe that they're doing right now. So this Arkham series that they announced is that's going to be a thing. Um, who knows what it's going to be like, right? Like, wouldn't it be cool to see an episode just dedicated to each like villain from his rogues gallery who's in Arkham, and like if we go through their story, and it's and we get to see maybe how Batman put them there. But they weren't they weren't the villain yet, mm-hmm. but they become the villain. And then we we get to see the rows being built up so that way when they use them in movies going forward, like we don't have to spend time figuring them out. Where we could just it's almost like how this movie started. You would just go into it and just run with it and just accept it for what it is, because we already got the build up for them. But like, you know, maybe down the road, third, fourth movie, we find out Joker's been pulling the strings the entire time. And like it just comes with this huge clash. Uh, it'd be fucking sweet, but I could see it. I could see it, and they're doing a lot. They're doing all these shows um, on HBO Max. So, Matt Reeves, he must have this giant board at home, and it's like it's mapped out from start to finish. And they're just letting. Hopefully, WB continues to just let him do his thing uh, and and finish it. Finish that whole vision. Is that bat? Is that board bat shaped? <laughs> yes, it's a bat totally. board. <laughs> oh, it's it's bat shaped. He like has a bat shaped board. He's also eating that bat shaped pizza from Little Caesars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything's bat shaped right now. But, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, I, I I love the fact that he's he's that we're gonna get these television shows because I think it'll just it's a nice you know little continuation of the story so we can we can still stay in Gotham and mm-hmm. kind of delve into some of these uh, secondary characters, so to speak. And then eventually, you know, as you as you stick with them through the television series, that'll hopefully lead to the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it, it'll be nice to, like, see them, you know, go through their journey leading up to the sequel. Because I feel like if you were to just have the sequel, you know, and, and you have Penguins is, is the, the king of Gotham right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it would be nice to know that. But, you know, if you were to have it in a movie, then the freaking thing would be maybe six hours. Yeah. For some people... They may want to watch a six-hour Batman movie. I don't know. Um, you know, yeah. might do <laughs> right <that>. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's great that he's doing that. And I agree, man. I definitely think Matt Reeves has this story for the most part planned out. You know what he wants it from right. to how he wants to end this thing. I really do. So and I'm excited to see. He mentioned it a bunch of times. He's like, "Hey, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's have this movie do really well first, and obviously yeah. it's doing well, and it's gonna." WB thinks it's going well enough because they greenlit that Penguin series straight to series like immediately um, as soon as the movie was out for a few days so uh, yeah man I think that now that this movie is successful now they're going to give him the keys and just kind of let him do whatever he wants to do Mm -hmm. totally I think so too and that that brings up a question I I wanted to ask you guys uh, just before we we jet out of here but what where do you think they're going for um Let's just say next, whether it's show or movie, like where do you see things continuing? 
Wow. Uh, it's continuing with uh well, you mean like outside of what they've already announced? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, just we like, like and penguin how they're and... doing the stories. Yeah, they announced you know the Catwoman and Penguin series, and it's just like mm-hmm. okay, so it's like what um you know who, like what happens? What happens? Yeah. Um, if you guys have thought about it. Yeah, I th- yeah. If if I've thought about it, but here that's um, all I think. Here we we can. <laughs> I've gotten like work done in like a like fucking two weeks because of this movie. But, oh, dude, it's insane. It's it's literally insane. Um, if you see, if you see somebody dressed like a bat out there, just know that. Um, it's, I'm sorry. <laughs> Marcus's bank account is a lot lighter right now. Yeah. Why did you Why did you change your name on Instagram to Vengeance? It's like, oh shit. Uh, dude, my screen just goes black. <laughs> it's just It's just two holes, like in the movie. Yeah, oh fuck. <laughs> no, dude. Um, so <clears throat> I think the I think the Catwoman series obviously it's going to show her and whatever you know the path that she took at the end of the movie. We're going to pick up right where that leaves off. I think. She'll get involved in some crazy story there, um, but you know she didn't. She didn't commit any crimes in this movie. She was just strictly helping. Um, this the thing that she did do was just break into the safe. It was just to save her friend, uh, who she was living with. But like they didn't, they didn't show her. She didn't rob anything. She wasn't. I don't think she's quite there yet. Um, so I know I, I would expect the series to introduce some of that a little bit to get the more villainous side brought out of her. Um, because it seemed like she was mostly like Batman's partner and was a good person throughout the movie. So I think we'll start to see some of that. And maybe by the end of the series, she, you know, is fully realized as a Catwoman. I, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I agree. I think that um, going forward, um, it, we're just going to have a progression of each of the characters. Um, I think Bruce is, is going to. Uh, after, even after this first film, take a good hard look at, you know, wh- what kind of symbol he wants to be for Gotham. Um, you know, with that that Riddler, uh, you know, pawn saying "I'm vengeance" and him looking at him, realizing like, like shit, like I, I gotta, I gotta redo like everything. Rebrand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I intended. Rebrand. Um, I think we're gonna see Bruce. Maybe we should uh, rethink this bat thing. Yeah, maybe I should have been like a different animal. But let me introduce <laughs> some yellow in here. Yeah. Um, but I think like we're, we're going to see him slowly uh, start to, to morph into um, the, the, the Batman that, that uh, Gotham really needs. And I think we're going to start to see him realize, you know, what his... Uh, family's legacy was and start to maybe they'll get like a haircut <laughs> and start to become the Bruce Wayne um, persona, you know, this, this billionaire and, and try to try to help in that way too. Um, and then I think we're, we are going to see, I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Selena go down a darker path mm-hmm. um, and really start to almost get a thrill out of, uh, you know, committing you know certain acts of crime whatever and and we're going to see penguin rise to his status um and i just think i just think it's just going to be this this nice slow progression until we hit a point where you know the villains are who they are and batman is who who he's supposed to be and i think that's probably where the story is what i think okay aaron you got you got any thoughts on the future uh, I guess a, a few, like, I do see 
Bruce. He's got to grow into um, what? Well, let's just call him Batman because, like, that's who he really is, right? Like, he's Batman, mm-hmm. and he's got to learn to like use Bruce as the tool that he is. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's all that he really uses Bruce for. Like, he yeah. for his money, and he can get me into places and get me knowledge that I can use as my real self. Um, so I see some more of that, like him growing. And as far as Batman, like he's already started that arc towards like, I have to be a little bit of a savior and not just vengeance. Um, mm-hmm. we did see a little bit of Catwoman being a badass because she fucking robbed the mob. She took like, she took one of them bags of money and they don't talk about where that money went. Right. I like uh, it's a show. But like, is it bad? Is it criminal to rob from the mob? It's Robin Hood. I, n- right. Uh, well, she's keeping it for herself yeah. though. Uh, and that's she kicked true. that cop, that dirty cop, off the, uh, off the construction oh, yeah. site, yeah. right? That's true, uh, dude. Which, that's true. I, okay. Yeah, she, like that was probably it's super nitpicky, but like that iteration of the bat symbol was like the one silly thing that I took issue with because like it's a spotlight. Anyone can follow that thing right back to where it was. It's not on top of the GCPD, which is like why it was there because that's safe, right? Like anyone could go up there and turn that thing on and like they summoned Batman and now they can shoot him in the face. It's so funny you say that, dude. It's so funny you say that. I, I me and Kev talked about that after we saw the movie. Like, right. Dude, yeah. It, like how have how has nobody figured out because like if there's a spotlight, you know like you could like, you, you can follow back to where it, it is. Right, anybody yeah. Like nobody thought to do that. Maybe they were afraid. Maybe they were afraid. Like so it was uh set around Halloween, so they're just like, Oh, it's just a fucking pumpkin patch. It's just (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's like the Batman summoning stone, right? Like yeah, he appears. Maybe they don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where we just accept it, right? For like what it is like to think that hard into it would Would like take us out of the story, um, but like to think about the realism in that way, it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it is, it is ridiculous, right? Right. Um, um, so yeah, and, and then yeah, I see more of the penguin mob stuff, um, and I guess like, and we haven't really touched on this, but like the real concern I have is still that DC's got like all these different things going on at once and like how much focus will they put on this like right because you got the like bat girl series that's coming but it's tied to the keaton verse and like the flash has both of them in it and like i just hope they can like sustain it all and like really put some effort behind this version of batman and like Mm -hmm. not confuse the mass people uh who are going to be like wait there's three batman now like which wit and when they go to see a movie they're like which version of them am i getting uh sure right yeah i hate that too man like as much as yeah as much as i do love batman um they need to i think they need to continue with this dude for sure like this put your money into this because this well i guess they're trying to appeal to lots of people right and so like i feel like this version of batman probably appeals to a, a certain type of, of people but i guess not because it's making a lot of money so there's people going to see it and it yeah. seems like they like it because people are going back for repeat viewings too and so um i don't know who knows but yeah it does get confusing and kev we've talked about that before like how having too many it doesn't seem there wasn't a vision and like they're trying to piece it together with band-aids and like now it's coming to a point where you need to just chop the head off and like start over again which which is what they're doing with this, and this is good. So let's let's keep doing this because this is this is what I want to see and keep going back for. 
Um, but maybe they're just like, you know, hey, Matt, like I said, give Matt Reeves the keys. Hey, this is your own universe. You play with it and do whatever you want. And that's the benefit of going to HBO Max, too, is like, yeah, he can like flesh this universe out mm-hmm. in ways that he would never be able to on in a movie screen. So um, I think they, they're they going to try and incorporate all of them. And let's hope that it doesn't get too, too messy. Um, but in terms of like this universe being its own thing, um, yeah, very, it, very pleased. It should definitely stay that way. And like we... I'm most excited for now, I think the, the penguin series and like, um, and then, you know, the, the Catwoman series too, but I think the Catwoman series is going to be good, but kind of, uh, you know, be her just continuing that line of walking, you know, criminal or, or not in like just making up, making those choices. But the, the penguin series, we got two. um, I, I think I got a good idea. So it's like, there's, there's a cheesy hint. In like his night co- nightclub, the name's like Iceberg, right? Iceberg, Iceberg Lounge. Lounge. Yeah, so Iceberg Lounge. What's the one thing that floats in a flood? Fucking ice, right? So, and and Penguin thrives in that. So I'm like, okay, like that's a nice. They tied all that shit together, um, but I'll give you guys three hints as to, and and I'm hoping they take a chance on maybe introducing this guy as a Penguin bad man. Uh, Penguin bad guy before bringing him into a movie, but I'll, I'll give you guys three hints uh, as to where I think they're going for the next one of the next bad guys in, in either the show or the movie. All right. So first hint, I thought you were going to give us three hints to um, like where Matt Reeves is going with it. I was like, dude, you know, no, I <laughs> yeah, I was like, can, can you tell me? Like talk off camera, maybe. So I'm okay. I'm, I think that's. I think you guys can guess, but because he he's act he's talked about it like you said, and like I know like like and I'm going against myself because I, I want to see all the other rogues galleries, but the way that he mm-hmm. rescued Riddler and fucking you know rebranded Riddler, um, makes me want to see him do like how the hell can you do a um, Mr. Freeze? And it's like, it is setting it up because the, you know, the best thing to survive in fucking flood is an ice ice, which is like iceberg for penguin, but also Mr. Freeze. You can just see dude, if Mr. Freeze is at Arkham or if he's still developing and, you know, uh, I forget how Mr. Freeze turned into him, but still going through experiments. I think he was a scientist, right? (laughs) He fell into a vat. Of, yeah, a vat or a gas, right? <laughs> a vat of, uh, of ice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, if he's yeah. if he's going, you know, if he's doing that to himself, and then he sees like, oh, Gotham's flooded. He's like, oh, fuck yeah, like that's where I want to be. Like, I can see him just <laughs> being brought into the Penguin show. And I hope that's a line in the movie where Mr. Freeze is yeah. like, oh, fuck yeah, that looks cool. <laughs> Perfect for me. This is my jam. I've been waiting for this for a long time. so many things. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I can't wait to get there and skate around everywhere. No. Um, oh man. Just like all sassy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, to ground Mr. Freeze, I think his, his story is really compelling. It can be really emotional. Yeah. Trying to save his wife and everything like that. Um, and I always love a villain, a villain, uh, a villain that you make vulnerable yeah. that you almost care for and then you kind of feel for them and you see why they you know went down the path that they went down um so i think 
the story wise, Mr. Freeze could work really well. I just I don't know how you could ground someone like that in Matt Reeves, like the universe that he's created. Yeah. But you know, of course, that's that's up to him, not us. He's got that challenge. But before so. this movie, we'll we, we, you could have said the same thing about Riddler, um, a little bit. You know, of course, the Riddler doesn't have any like you know crazy powers, but still, like yeah. the last version we saw was so so different, and it would it's like oh fuck, they're bringing Riddler back. But then after seeing the movie, you're like oh fuck, that was tight. That was a good choice. Yeah, they made him into like a serial serial killer, um, which worked worked really well. So I was thinking about it and to like how you would ground Mister Freeze, and it could just be a thing where like this dude has uh, this rare disease or something like an autoimmune disease to where he can't be in like the regular, he can't be outside in oxygen. He's got to be inside this like almost like Bubble Boy, yeah. but like it's more a suit that he can't be out of it. Uh, yeah. But he's a doctor, right? So he's maybe he's trying to like to cure himself, and maybe he'll change it a little bit, Kev, or something, you know. But like, maybe he's trying to cure his own disease, but also cure like one of his children because it's going to be passed down onto them or something. So, uh, but and and I don't know, I don't know, but like you know, something like that where he's inside of a suit, and um, maybe it's I don't, I don't think he would shoot ice out of a gun, but like <laughs> <laughs> he could have some since he's a doctor, uh, you know, maybe he's got this like I don't know. What is it? What is it? The shit that I can't even remember what it's called, but I don't know. Nitrogen. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah Weaponized yeah. liquid nitrogen. I think I'm on the same wavelength as Kev. Is like I always go back to the animated series. Has had like some of the best for like best versions uh, of the villains, uh, and just like how do you convert that to like a more modern sensibility and like make it a little more fresh and mm-hmm. kept said like he's got you know and they, that was specifically built for the animated series like they turned mr freeze into a cool character mm-hmm. uh by giving him this wife that he like was just that's his whole motivation for everything he does even though he's like a fucking criminal and like that goes again back to like bringing up similarities between him and batman it's like he's just trying to do something to like save the person he cares about yeah yeah there, there, there's definitely there's parts of it that 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 can work. Um, it's just I think the Mister Freeze that we all know is on the more fantastical side. Like even like someone like uh, you know Man Bat or Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see Poison Ivy redeemed from that 1997 film. Um, but I just don't I don't know how you could have someone that controls plants in this kind of world. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe make it work. I don't know. I, yeah, now that you say that, I could totally see that working in this type of environment and making her like an eco terrorist. Oh, uh, damn! There you go. Shit. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that would be cool. Fuck, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh shit, Matt Reeves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the street right now. I don't know yeah. what you're doing right now. That's uh, Tommy. Like, pay me. Yeah, pay I was gonna say. So yeah. <laughs> so this is Aaron. He works for Tops Marvel. Matt Reeves personally, and. And the rest of these. <laughs> Just remember that it was on Legion of Geeks, which comes on every Wednesday at six fifteen PM PST yeah. on Twitch.tv slash Legion of Geeks. <laughs> Just remember that. Oh man. This was this um, was fun, dude. We we went through a lot what, of shit. There was a that was quite of a that was an epic one. It was uh I guess last final thing is uh 
if we had to do a top three live action Batman movies, what would your top three rankings be? And we'll end with that after this movie's now come out. I, I can go first. Um, right. Go ahead, John. I think it's got to be. I think this movie is top. You know, we'll we'll see throughout the years if it if it stays there. It could be because I'm so close to it. But I think this movie's top, and then uh, Dark Knight second, and then I gotta go with um, the '89, '89 Michael Keaton. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting choice. Okay. Cool. Uh, Aaron. Um. I knew this question would come up, so I had to put some thought in it. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I think I would go just Dark Knight just barely edges out this movie, I think. Um, okay. And then this is two. And I, I think begins, it, it would be three. Mm. Um, you know, it, there are just the issues with Burton, right? Like, Dude, I, I, know exactly what, I know exactly what you mean. Right. There's just, and they both have their issues, but I guess I take a little less issues with the Nolan stuff. Right. I, but yeah, I would put that, I would put the first Keaton one as four, like a close four. Okay. Solid, dude. Uh, all right. So I, I've seen the Batman twice now, so I feel like it's, I, I can actually choose this list. So, so number one would be the Batman. Uh, number two for me, this could cause some controversy. Uh, would be Batman Forever. Batman Begins. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Batman Forever. Uh, <laughs> Round it out with Batman and Robin. Uh, fuck y'all. That was real. So Batman would be number one. Batman Begins would be two for me, and um, The Dark Knight would be three. Yeah, can I, I know I we cheated. Well, I cheated a little bit because I knew what you were going to say beforehand. We we talked about that, but I know you love Batman Begins. Is like the you. I know that you like you think it's the best origin story, origin live action story of Batman, like starting from yeah. the beginning. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, no, I get that. Uh, yeah. So number one, uh, the Batman. This is. I mean, I've. I think everybody knows at this point how. I felt about it that uh, it's just like the most immersive, most like you feel like you're in a Batman story and it's real and it's truthful to the material and it's, it's, but it's new and fresh and it's just got this like whole thing about it. It's like a vibe and it feels good. Um, and then two, I would say, yeah, but I'll do Dark Knight. Um, but um, I do feel that the Dark Knight is, is up so high because I enjoy watching the Joker so much. 100%. And because that was the best portrayal that I've ever seen of like any almost any character on any on any platform, um, I feel like that's why I watch it so many times is just to watch it for that. So it's hard to it, it's hard, right? Because like I want you know Batman's the hero, but like I don't really think of him when I think of that movie. So, but because the performance of the Joker was so great, like it's just high up there because I just like to see it. And then three. Technically, this is not a Batman movie, but it is a Batman story for sure. And I want to say uh, Batman v Superman, the extended cut, not the regular cut, but the extended one is my third one. Because I mean, that's basically a Batman story. And I thought that I was, I don't know, I, I loved that shit. I loved it so much. Yeah, I, I did too. I like the Ultimate Edition way better than the theatrical. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah. 
Yeah. Now that one's dense too. That one's that one's a long time to sit through. That that extended think, cut or the ultimate. I think one. that's the only one yeah. I've seen. When I was doing my catch up, I, I made sure to watch like the best versions of the movies that were there. And I, I yeah. think that's the only one I've seen. And that one was was really good, but it was super fantastical and like on, oh yeah. And an honorable mention too that isn't really a Batman story, but in the Batman universe is you know, Walking Phoenix's Joker. I thought that was an incredible movie. Oh totally. Yeah. Yeah, a totally different movie, but like it was still amazing for what it was. Yeah. Uh yeah. Well, we did it, guys. We, we made it, it to the we end. covered it. That was massive. Appreci- appreciate, um, you know, you guys sticking around for the the extra innings there. Um Yeah. I was yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Extra innings. Shit, we went all the way, huh? <laughs> we're, in the, yeah. we're in game we're in game seven now. Took us uh, three hours to talk about a three hour movie. So it's appropriate. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. And again, yeah. it's blowing, he's blowing my mind. The whole the whole cast. <laughs> <laughs> or the whole stream. Yeah, the cast stream. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> The pod, the pod string, whatever you guys call it. Uh, awesome. Well, how how yeah. did you describe it, Aaron? How did you describe our show? <laughs> oh, you know, guys who say bad words. Yeah. Oh, man, I've got to look it's not, up, it's not it's even like, a stream. Guys who say bad Dude, he was like, what? Like, <laughs> I did like, you know, nowhere with this. No, because it's yeah. guys who say bad words and talk about nerd stuff. There you go. Yeah. Kevin was trying to define us with a, a pod stream cast deal. Uh, we're just we're just dudes cussing on the internet about nerd shit. Yeah, yeah we use bad words and to reference nerdy things. <laughs> yeah, bad words and nerds. Um, but yeah, bad words and nerds. Holy shit! There you go, Kev. There's your next one. <laughs> No, this is a ton of fun. Yeah, start his own channel, Bad Words and Nerds. There you go. Bad Words and Nerds. <laughs> rival. That's, that's actually very, very pretty jealous. We'll, we'll see you in the but, streets. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, appreciate all you guys too sticking around. Uh, King Face Painter, appreciate you being in chat, lighting it up. Yeah. Uh, Mel, thanks for, for being here from the beginning. Um, Heck yeah. Big work. Yeah, Mel. Mel said Kev, like really, and I, and I tried to. Like say Mel when she said Kev and it wouldn't let me do it on my phone, so I apologize. <laughs> but I did see yeah. it though. So that's good. Perfect. Um yeah. uh, well guys, we'll have you I wanna have you back on whenever you can, Kev. I know you're always down. Aaron, it's, it was a blast. So whenever you want to come back to it, we can we'll do it again. Um okay. probably not as massive. Uh we're not we'll save the next three hour one until we watch Batman two whenever <laughs> that comes out. But uh yeah. yeah, well always a blast and thank you guys for coming. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys and and everybody who's watching. uh, Stick around for the raid. We're we're going to raid somebody. Oh, Um, shout out uh, Aaron's show too. Yes, and go follow Battle Chaser. Um, Yes. Thank you, Battle Chaser. Yeah, of course, dude. Um, Yeah, and if you don't, again, um, as always, Sean will come to your front door. So nobody wants that. Nope. This time, this time it'll be uh, as uh, Halloween, like a spirit Halloween costume, Batman. Um, yeah. yeah, you're gonna be playing the theme on your phone, just like turn it as loud as you yep. can. Bam, bam, <laughs> or you bam. could just get some military surplus and like put Saran wrap around your face. 
Uh, I'll just pass out on their doorstep. Yeah, yeah dude, you just show up on their doorstep. You only have the saran wrap on. That's no, funny. The <laughs> 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 <Just> saran wrap. <laughs> yeah, some like dude, we can see your face, dude. And it's like ninety <laughs> degrees here, so it's just all fogged up, and I'm just passed out. <laughs> with, with dude, the you get theme the still the playing. <laughs> <laughs> in your hand you just passed out on the floor oh my gosh alright speaking of pass out that's exactly what I'm going to do I'm on the east coast yeah it's oh, late yeah, it's, it's past midnight for you dude yeah. yeah, um, alright guys thank you so much appreciate you guys alright guys thank you thank you alright alright guys peace bye later you <laughs> <laughs> just like all right bye i know you know i know you have the raid set up but and i, I was gonna ask you battle but but we're gonna raid uh one of the homies of, of both of our channels so i'm sure you'll be cool with it but we're raiding ashram he's playing oh, cool. escape from tarkov and uh yeah when you guys get in there get, give him a follow show some love in the chat appreciate you guys being here We'll see you guys next week. I'm going to do it now. We're just going to say bye. Bye. (laughs)